The better fry, I mean, the better fry ain't even seasoned. You, you just gotta be well cooked. It's about the right yeah. potato. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice crispiness to it. See, I wish I, I wish I knew <laughs> about that place. Soggy life in the game. Well, soggy fries. Soggy fries can't do it. It's like In-N-Out fries. Yeah, I can't do it. That's why I eat yeah. all my fries first. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I get the burger three hours See, later. The, I don't give a fuck. The trick is to always get asked for without salt, so they gotta make them fresh. Ah, That's see, trick, yeah. you gotta throw them a curveball. Yeah, see, I always go the hard route. I just hope they cook it right, and, and if not, I complain. Break, yeah, see, no, nah, I'm like no salt. Then they be like, they gotta make them fresh, but they end up putting salt on it anyway because it's just you know. Yeah. They they trained to already throw it on there. They're like, oh shit! You, they, you, you, you got the code. Yeah, man. Okay. I see. I had KFC. I'm, I'm embarrassed to even say this, but I had KFC before I came here. Hey, little that steak fries. Why are you embarrassed? Well, I'm exactly. Guy. Why are you embarrassed? Well, no, because KFC. Because I'm worried about KFC. Because you know the stigma between and behind yeah. KFC. KFC chicken ain't really chicken. It's like, it's well, cool. I thought you meant like the slave stigma. <laughs> what? What you talking about? I tell you. Oh, because the colonel. When yeah. you're starving, that shit is chicken. Yeah. When you're hungry, you're hungry, <laughs> man. and that's why I ate it. You can't be picky when you're starving. Well, the yeah, fries like, is bomb though. The potato wedges. Yeah, the wedges. That was mm -hmm. my first job. What KFC? KFC. Yeah, 16 years old. My first was, was McDonald's. Driving. I was told myself I'd never work fast food again. I did Taco Bell. Yeah. Oh, Damn. Okay. Look at y'all. So, I need I need to know about the McDonald's. the meat though. So was it in bags? It was in bags. I know. Yeah. Oh, their meat. It was, uh, it was uh, it was frozen, and then we had to. <laughs> we had to add water and you had to add where you add water to it. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a yeah, it was definitely like a pack, and we had to like you know brown That's it wild in you, a pan. You had to still add tasty water. though. It was already cooked. Yeah, if you will. Yeah. Okay, that's why that's like you the had McDonald's to add water and then unfreeze it and you know gradually heat it up in a, in a big ass metal pan. Still so, delicious. So it's meat soup basically. <laughs> Still delicious. It is, bro. Like, man, that steak quesadilla. I don't, I don't care, man. They steak is pretty high. I don't know the details, that. but taste-wise, it's good. But I try to stay away from talking. It made about. me sick. Like in 2011, I hadn't had it since. You, like some you know that you know the I'm exact done. year you got sick. Huh? Yeah, man. Wait, is that okay? <laughs> Sophomore in college. We That's a memory right there. He's like, yo, in 2011. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you told me that shit you know made me sick. Yep. You said you haven't thrown up in like what, seven years? Uh, junior year? No, it's been like over ten years. Oh, I'm about to say, is that what it was? No, it wasn't. I just had really bad diarrhea. Oh, okay. Nah, last time, Talk about, yeah, I was yeah. a junior in high school. Last time I threw up. So, is this the intro to the show? We just oh yeah, oh, yeah. Who listening? Is someone, is someone listening? Oh, <laughs> my bad, y'all. Y'all, y'all must start be talking about food. We, yeah. we talking about food. A couple of us was hungry on the way here, so we were uh, chatting. But y'all know what this is if you here. It's the leaders of May every. Leaders are made every day podcast. It's your boy RJ Walker, and you know it's your boy Victor Camwendo. My dog Ice is here. T tell them, tell them what's up. Ice McGowan. Uh, yes. Tell them where you're from. They don't I'm know from, you. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I am a uh, screenwriter and director and stand-up comedian. So yeah, that's what I do. I do yeah, that. Yeah, and he likes uh, walks in the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, braids. Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. Uh, but we also have a very special guest in the building. A very Special guy, a big homie to me, uh, multi-talented, multi-faceted. Uh, you may know him from Wild and Out, Hip Hop Squares, uh, YouTube, uh, doing impersonations. Uh, you may know him from just entertaining your ass. Pause. Without any further ado, <laughs> it's my dog Apion Crockett in the building. What's good, hey, brother? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, hey. How you feeling, brother? 
I'm good, man. It's yep. hot as fuck. I um, hate the weather right now. It is hot. But now nah, I'm good. I'm yeah. in a good space. Like last time you and I met, for those of y'all that know me and uh RJ, uh we work on we're working on something. Yeah. Um and we've met a few times and uh it's rare when you it's rare when you meet somebody who's in the industry that kind of mirrors what you're doing. And so we had a conversation that was very like personal, like about yeah. family, you know, fatherhood, all that, you know, relationships. But since that conversation, I'm in a I'm in a really good space mm. of, you know, clarity and we'll get into all that yeah. later. But uh nah, nah, I'm, in yeah. a, I'm in a good space. I just had a bag of fries. Nigga, I'm <laughs> I'm golden right now. Amazing. <laughs> Me too, dude. I, I'm, I'm appreciative because it's it's tough to find people in this industry, especially those who you can like see as a mentor or someone like you said who can like relate to you, who's older than you, who will take the time out to even yeah. like hear you out. So yeah, some of the some of the older homies when I first got here, they, they was like before I even moved here, I would get you know had a couple numbers and like yo I'm coming out there, man, yeah. and they'd be like yeah 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 man just hit me up, it's mm-hmm. all good, You're right. nigga. You get here? Get out here, you hit them up. Yeah. Crickets. Yes, I feel like that's like lady. prerequisite to everyone in LA. I've yeah. had so many people like I'm I'm starting to beware of people who say, Oh, dude, if you need anything from me, anything, yeah. I got you. Because that means the opposite. They mean nothing. Right? They mean nothing. It's, many people it's actually less people that like I'm at the point now where it's just like I'd be surprised if you actually do come through. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm like, oh snap, you you were you were serious. Like yeah, yeah like stuff like that. Like when I met you, that was like Oh shit! This is real. Like, yeah. you know, this is consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's because when when you're when you're dealing with so many inconsistent people, and you're a certain kind of person, you're like, okay, I don't want to be like those people, so exactly. I have to offset that by being the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but it, it's I'm, I'm appreciative of you, and thank you for pulling up, brother. But that's kind of how we we linked, though. Yeah, uh, a mutual friend of ours linked us up, and and then we ran into each other at the at Caribbean the, spot. Yeah, right? sat down. Yeah, and. Uh, just via text, it was the same thing. Like he would text me, and be like, "Yo, just just hitting you up, whatever, whatever." And I would actually hit him back. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, nah, it's all good. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I didn't, I never want to be that dude that was like, "Cause I got a credit or two, I yeah. think I'm the guy." You know what I mean? Yeah, I've, I see that shit every day. I mean, that's what I mean. That's even why I dropped in because that's what we was talking about with you when I, you know. Hit you up all those couple years ago about doing the show in, in Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You had yeah. a um, your leg was fucked up. Yeah, right. Yeah, I just had knee surgery. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And I hit you up and I was like, oh, like, cause they wasn't, you know, they was being weird at the club. So I was just like, you know, I'm gonna go through see who they got and I'm just you hit my them. business partner exactly. And then she was like, sent it to you. He was like, yeah, I want them on. And I was like, you know, you you know, you been. I didn't even know you. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, I right, but yeah, and and this. This is, happens to me every time I go on the road. Like, there's there'd be a local comic that's like, "Yo, I, I I'm dope" or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what how you pitch to me. If you say you do stand up, I'm gonna give you the mic mm. because there's no better way to learn than to just be on stage. Yeah. There's no trick to stand up. There's no shortcut. Same with dancing. Yeah. yeah. The only way to really know this shit, you gotta get in the cipher. Yeah. Man. A hundred percent. You gotta fall. You gotta get embarrassed. You gotta get because I done, I done had so many times where I got ate up and I was afraid. But I'm like, okay, if I don't get ate up now, I'm either never gonna get ate up because I'm never gonna get out there, or I'm gonna get ate up later when it matters. Yeah, right. Yeah. So a hundred percent. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, you know pounding the pavement and getting that experience points. But yeah, that's that's what I did with him and yeah. uh, uh, my man Matthew Raymond. Yeah, that's my dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's like bubbling right now on IG, like doing funny, funny sketches. But uh, yeah, I, I I like giving niggas a shot because 
somebody gave me a shot 100%. way back when. So yeah. Yeah. once I give you the mic, it it's up to you. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I was saying, too, after that, it's not one thing, because I've done shows with other comedians that are, you know, on the level of you, same level as you, and then, like, they're just like, you say what's up, you do the show, and then that's the end of that, but, like, after the show, you was like, hey, you know, this what you can do, this what you can do, and just dropping gems, so, like, that meant a lot to me as well, because, like, it's one thing just to put me on, but it's a whole nother level to, you know, to get that feedback and be like, hey, this is what you can work on, this is what you did great, and it's like, you can take that with you, because it's like, all right, bet, then you're actually watching your set. I didn't have comedians go do something else, they go, you know, hang out or do, or just chill, or whatever, but the fact that you actually watched the set and then gave feedback, like, you know, a lot of people don't do that, it's even something simple as that. That's love. Hey, so, it's funny you bring up Steve Harvey, we'll talk about that later, but I have a story pertaining to what you just said like mm -hmm. he sat me down mm -hmm. years ago i opened for him well you just actually you just got back from the road right you just got back how many i mean yeah ago? yeah um i did where, where was i at last fucking tempe tempe arizona and then i came here i had a show at flappers for my birthday oh yeah but yeah i don't do like i don't i don't, I don't have a tour i just do spot dates okay right now because yeah. i'm putting together a special that's why delmar's here right um you got yeah, love in arizona Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I met him. How how was it? This 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 go around. It was great. Yeah. Look, it's the road is always great. I don't go up a lot in L.A. because mm. L.A. is so full of everyone with a fucking phone thinks they're famous. Yeah. And everybody everybody cool. thinks they're entertaining. Yeah. They in the club. Everybody cool. Judging the shit out of you, and everybody yeah. thinks they they're important. So I don't like it for that reason, and because most clubs you go to. There's always 16 comedians a night, and you only get like 10 minutes. Yeah. On the road is where I can actually work my deal and get my door and get my hour mm -hmm. done, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, and give a shot to guys like him or bring my guys on the road who are beasts like Brandon Lewis, D.C. Irvin. Mm -hmm. Justin Hires used to open up for me, and then he got, you know, uh, Rush Hour and uh, MacGyver and all that stuff. Oh, boom. But, yeah, he, me, when I came back to stand-up, me and Justin went out. He went out with me, mm -hmm. and we both were, like, cutting our teeth again. Cause I was out there years before, like I, I stopped doing stand up for like 14, 15 years. Oh wow! And then I came back to it like five years ago. Well, tell me about how you got started. Dance, Dance by far. Yeah. Um, comedy was accidental, and I'll explain that. But here's what's funny, right? Like mm. a lot of people don't even know that I dance. So now when I post a dance video or something, motherfuckers are like, oh, okay, you really got a little something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they don't know I was really that guy, yeah. and there was not a cipher that I wouldn't get in. Yeah. And I don't give a fuck if it's a house house beat. Locking, mm -hmm. popping, breaking. I'm going at you. Yeah. Not a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you battled Chris Brown. I saw that video. Nah, nah, nah. Well, again, we, <laughs> we can we talk about talk that about now. That. <laughs> There's, there was no battle. Like that, mm -hmm. Chris 100% mm. did me a favor. He showed up. That's when I had my sketch show oh, on wow. Fox. Yeah. He 1,000% did me a favor by showing up. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. And... In no way. Like, he's always shown me love. I've always shown him love. So there's, there's no, like, zero competition. Yeah. On any given day, that, like, right now, that nigga will ice me in a battle. Like, he's, <laughs> he's the guy. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. we, were, we, were, we were paying homage to Michael Jackson. We thought it would be a funny thing to have him come on the show and... And I thought I was going to do the tribute. And then he shows up. I'm like, oh, shit, how y'all get Chris Brown? It's my show. And, you know. Yeah. So he just played right into. And and the the banter we had, I didn't put that on the online. But the banter we had was all freestyle. He just played right into it. So yeah. 
I, you know, hats off to Chris Brown. It was fun. I, when I was watching, I was like, that, this is hilarious. Yeah, but had it, you, the know, wigs and you know that. how when dancers get together, yeah. we just kind of do silly shit. But oh, yeah. the fact that he showed up for, for my show when I was really reaching out to people and some people mm. didn't show up. Right. Mm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, this, by no means am I looking at that video that I posted the other day saying, oh, I kind of got that nigga. Yeah. Not even close. Of course, people are going to say that because, you yeah, know, it's all competition. Yeah, people have been saying all kind of shit. Like I really that. think because. But I know that we weren't really battling. Yeah. So, it, like, there was no real effort. We were just trying to be funny and yeah. have fun. So, it wasn't like me and him set up a battle and then we put energy into battling and trying to be better than the other. Yeah. So, to me, when I watch it, it's not a battle. Right. At all. It's just a, like it's a, fun. a live sketch. Exactly. Yeah. Even when I battle or w- would battle, like, in high school, college, whenever. It's all fun. It's never like you got beef. Those are like for the dance films. So that's what I was no, about no, to no. say. Like we the, used to actually have beef with Oh, you had yeah. beef? No, no, no. I'm from that era. Okay. Tell from, me the that. Beef, from the Where? beef era. Nobody said, trying to square up after a battle yeah. with me. They Where was like, yeah, I got you. Because when, <laughs> when you hear Cypher, you think, like when he's saying it right now, like I haven't heard that previously in dance. Like I thought, like, you know, when you hear Cypher, you think rap battle, and you think of the intensity of a Cypher. So it's like, yeah. is that like the same thing when you dance? Like You got to remember, yeah. in hip hop, dance was first. Right. Yep. That's what started right. it. Yeah. Because they get, had to have something. Yeah. Because the, Cause DJ the dancers danced to, exactly to the breaks. Yeah. And yep. that's how B-Boy came about was break boy. Right. And the MC was just the guy that was controlling the party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Master like, hola, hola, hola. Yeah. The hype All the ladies. Man. The, the hype man. The right? hype man. Yeah. Right. Master and, slave. Exactly. And then it, it, it turned into, you know, some lyrical ability and then putting stuff together and you know, you had the battle between Busy B and Kumo cool D, and yeah, that that really yeah, brought lyrical, yeah, you know, ability to the forefront. So dance was always first. So Cipher came from the dance. dance. I mean, uh, not that it started with hip hop in the seventies. I mean, mm. Cyphers is a thing, like in mm. African African yep. cultures, yep. capoeira. Like yeah. it's yep. all done within the 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 confines of a cipher or a circle. Mm-hmm. And I heard, and I'm, I'm not a historian by any means, but I heard that in capoeira they were doing it. They were practicing how to really fight. Yeah, they yeah. disguised it as a dance, and they did it in the circle to kind of hide so master couldn't see yeah. what they were working on and what the moves were. Mm-hmm. So anyway, cipher is a derivative of that. I don't know what the origin is. I'm sure it's centuries <laughs> beyond <laughs> us. Yeah. But the concept of a cipher means you know to hold that energy in that in that in that circle. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but no, we had. I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina, dog. Mm-hmm. So Fayetteville is a very violent city. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's where J. Cole is from, right? right? Mm-hmm. But before before J. Cole, it was me and my boys battling dudes that it was to the point where, like, my nickname was Flex as a dancer because I was mad flexible. Flex, okay. And I had dreads and all this shit. It was to the point where we used to battle this crew across town, and the light-skinned nigga that was in the crew ended up getting weave dreads <laughs> and changing his name to Flex and making people think that he was me. Now, he couldn't dance like me. Mm-hmm. So niggas was like, yo, Daryl, why are you calling yourself Flex? <laughs> and why do you have weave braids? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so we would always get into it with those dudes. That's and then one time, one time me and my, my partners... There's actually a clip I put up of the the Showtime at the Apollo. Yeah. So those twins I was with, Twin Flex, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those twins, when you look at them, like girls used to love these niggas, right? Like they look like two Tyson Beckford ass niggas. <laughs> <laughs> these niggas are the fightingest motherfuckers. Mm. Like you don't fuck with them. Mm. They come from a family of like ten older brothers, so they were groomed, and they come from the the edgy fucking part of town called yeah. the Merc. They live off the Merc. Mm. Which is short for Murkison Road in Fayetteville, right? But these dudes, 
they the fightingest niggas ever, right? So we went out of town and we went to uh, this club in Raleigh. And at the time, we knew Raleigh had some dope crews. Yeah. And it was just the three of us and like these girls that we knew, and they took us to this club. So we in the corner, we we rocking, we doing our shit, and and we was like, man, where the dancers at? And we didn't see nothing for like the whole night. Literally, there's a song called "Follow Me." It's a it's a house song. Google it. Mm. A song called "Follow Me" kicks in. The DJ plays it. As soon as the song comes on. The entire, I'm not exaggerating either. This is not a movie. The entire club mm-hmm. comes over. They're following these three dudes. They're following these niggas. Oh, wow. Really? The entire club walks over to us in a wave. It's like they were talking to each other the whole night mm-hmm. and looking at us dancing, right? And these niggas come over to us and the battle is on. No one needed to say anything. They came over, the, the, the club followed them. Yeah. And so on. I guess that was, it was, it was on. on. It was on. Yeah. So they start doing their shit, right? And we just standing back. Now these twins, my partners, are trained like they self-taught gymnasts. Yeah. I'm a martial artist. So within the funk of our dance, we also had these arsenal of moves, right? Yeah. So they dancing and shit. And and dude was, you know, dudes was decent. That was cool. And one of them does a flip, like he does a, a, a back tuck, yeah. and he lands, he's like, man, and the crowd is like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my nigga looked at me, he was like. He did like this, this motherfucker. And mind you, the, you know how the ciphers get in the club yeah. when it's packed. It'd yeah. be like mad tight. Yeah. This nigga flips eleven times in the same spot. In the same spot. Wow. This motherfucker flips right. So automatically these niggas get real quiet. So they came out a couple more times. It got to the point where the niggas that came to battle us was sitting Indian style around the cipher. And their people was like, what the fuck y'all going to do with these mm. niggas? Yeah. So we having a blast. We are, we are doing our shit to the point where they get so frustrated. One of their crew gets frustrated and starts to swing on one of my boys. Wow. Okay. But check it. On some Mayweather shit, while he's dancing, he don't even know. His back is turned. His hoodie's up. He's bopping. And everywhere he bopped. And the dude is behind him. Dude's missing. Dude is missing. <laughs> wow. And so I'm like, yo, ain't nobody gonna stop this shit. The security. And I'm like, shit, we gonna die tonight. We <laughs> in a fucking Raleigh club. We gonna die tonight. Yeah. Might as well help my nigga. Yeah. So I Bruce Lee this nigga that's trying to swing on him. I do a side of fucking roundhouse yeah. to his upper like shoulders and his back. And it, you see the when his neck jerk. go like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Right then, I was like, all right, we about to die. Wow. And so everybody started taking off their gold chains and all kind of shit. And uh, one of the twins went and grabbed a security guard that was uh, went to school with us. Mm-hmm. He went and grabbed that nigga. He got the security to, to, to shield us. So by the grace of God, we got out that night. But I tell you that to say, dance be some dance real shit. Is real. <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in, in real. our era, dance was some real shit. And y'all were getting like real attention. Like nowadays, you know, compar- comparatively. You know, you take the cell phone out, you watch it or whatever. If you're in the clubs, it's not there 100%. No cell phones back then. No, it's a, back then it's 100% attention to what's going on in the club. Exactly. Kind of like even, like, what is it, like 10 years ago? No, 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 maybe 15 years ago when cell phones weren't, like, in everyone's hand. Right. Everyone was getting, the dance floor was getting all the attention. Right. So it's easy to have those magical moments Violent and nonviolent because <laughs> everyone's in tune and in flow with and each everybody's, other. Everybody's yeah, everybody's paying attention. But I ain't never been in no dance beef. 
That's some real. That's you, some, you probably that's don't know yours in the yeah. beef. Oh yeah, I probably, he probably has some haters. You back know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your yeah. ass used to dance all the time. It was yeah. just like, oh, that's his RJ. That's some niggas that wanted you. Bro. Yeah, I'm gonna set them up. <laughs> <laughs> you just had a lot of people with you. Yeah, I, I, wanted. I always stay squatted up. <laughs> you got to. Yeah, that's crazy. Even in LA, we when I first moved here, uh, and I discovered a whole new like round of dancers, like partners and shit, like Super Dave and all them. Yeah. Um, OGs, man. Uh, but to me, that's just my peers. Right. Yeah. For y'all, it's OGs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but that's that's my crew. And we used to always be in the ciphers together, like the carnival, the choreographer's carnival yeah, and shit. Yeah. But yeah, there was a, there were niggas that, that used to always look at us and want to battle and shit. I'm actually cool with one of them now, but at the time, him and his crew was like the hated dancers. Mm. And they was dope. They was on some house shit and, you know, real groove, soulful shit, but they thought they was a shit and we didn't like that. Because mm. everybody else was was mad cool. The dance community in LA, for the most part, is very like unified. Yeah. And everybody's like really cool with each other. But this one crew just really was like on some on some shit. So yeah, dance beef, I'm not I'm not a, a stranger to it. This, there, it definitely yeah. exists. They don't talk about dance beef enough. That's crazy. That's the name of our project. That's that's a, maybe an option for our project, dance beef. Dance Trademarking beef. that. Don't take that. Right, if you right. hear this, don't take Man, that. Man, they already took it. Somebody already wrote that. Yeah, I'm going to find you, too. I know where you live. <laughs> uh, so, like, how did it go from being, like, Cause you sound really like you are embracing the dancing world, like that was you. Oh, it's my life, man. That's your life. It's so, how how did it go from like being a dancer, which you are, if mm-hmm. people don't know, uh, which you are a dancer, to like being involved in this now acting or comedy? And- okay. So in Carolina, um, after we did Showtime at the Apollo, we had a little, you know, we had, it's national TV. So yeah. to be from Fayetteville on national TV is a big fucking thing. So we had a little shine. And then the twins ended up getting saved and got real religious and stopped mm, dancing. Mm. So I was like, mm, I already know Jesus, so I know it don't take all that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can dance with Jesus. <laughs> and, and, they, and they came back around. Like, they cool as fuck now, but they went through a little period where they was like, <laughs> just real, like, under the church. Yeah. And, and so that left me like, I, I ain't got no more crew. What am I going to do with my life? Yeah. So I was watching Def Comedy Jam, and that was, like, the hottest show, and, and I was... I was always on stage, you know what I mean? That was always a, a, a comfortable place for me. And I saw this comedian named Cool Bubba Ice. And mm-hmm. I shout him out in a lot of interviews because he's really, um, him, he's the one that made me say I could actually do it. Mm-hmm. I was also inspired by Flex Alexander, though, mm-hmm. because Flex is a dancer. And P-H- he was in- P-H-L-E-X? No, 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 not, no, no, the, no. not the dancer mm-hmm. Flex. Flex that was, um, he had the show with Kyla Pratt. He played her father. Oh, he was Michael Jackson. Oh, Flex. Yeah, Flex. yeah he was yeah, Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that movie was. <laughs> There's a lot of flexes. Yeah, yeah, but nah, that's a, yeah, I know the yeah, flex yeah. you're you talking flex? about. Yeah, flex, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But no, Flex Alexander, also because we had the same name. Yeah. Um, but he was a dancer back in the day. He did like Crystal Waters, She's Homeless video. Yeah. And he was down mm-hmm. with the Mop Tops and all of them. Like, And the Mop Tops was like dance gods to us, you know just crew out of Brooklyn, out of New York, that was, you know, Stretch and Link and all these guys. Mm. Um, and they, they did Remember the Time video with Fatima. Yeah. You know, they did all that yeah. shit. Um, anyway, Flex Alexander, because he was a, a dancer, but I also saw him do stand-up on Apollo and then Def Comedy Jam. Mm. I was like, oh, shit, he's a dancer and a comedian. I, I was like, man, maybe I could do it. But it's not until I saw Cool Bubba Ice, who was an impressionist, who was mad animated, that I was like, oh, so all these little voices I be doing in the lunchroom with my boys, and they be laughing at it. I can actually make it into an act, mm-hmm. and I'm not a stranger to the stage because I dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can be animated, and and put them all together. Let me just see if I could do that. Mm-hmm. 
And that's really how it came about. Wow. So who was who was the first person like you try to imitate? Overall, I mean, since I was a kid, I was I was always doing voices like Scarface, Tony yeah. Montana. Yeah. Um, by the time I got to this store, this point in the story, I was doing Fire Marshal Bill. Like I'm a huge Jim Carrey in, or in <laughs> Living Color fan. Period. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fire Marshal Bill, Bernie Mac, mm. all the voices of, of the Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I was always just doing some kind of voice. And that's what got me. When I saw Cool Bubba, Cool Bubba like is one of the first hip hop uh, impressions I saw. Like this mm-hmm. nigga was doing Red Man voice and Biggie, Red and Man. he's he's pretty nasty, but but the coolest dude. And uh, but yeah, he was inspired. He inspired my whole shit. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let me put some shit together and and get on some stages. And see what I could do. So then you did the impersonations, <laughs> but you got jokes though too. So like, when did that yeah. come about? The actual joke writing and, and making it more for Honestly, you. Honestly, um, I mean, when I first started doing stand up, I, I definitely had more of a set. Also, like I would always talk about, even on Def Comedy Jam, I didn't just do impressions because yeah. Cool Bubba did all impressions, right? But oh, I skipped some. So once I once I decided to do it, I actually went and. Went to Charlotte, North Carolina, to the Comedy Zone. At the time, that's where everybody on Tuesday night, nigga. That's where it's at. It ain't like L.A. where you have a comedy nineteen comedy clubs every night to go to, right? Yeah. It's one comedy club, one black night. Yeah, that's where I met Nate Smith, who's now uh, the road manager for Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. He was the promoter at the time. He and he brought everybody that was on TV through the Comedy Zone, mm-hmm. so. That was the place to be. So I, I drove to Charlotte. I, I knew somebody that could get me on, and that's when I did my first uh, night of, of you know open mic. Mm. And I did Bernie Mac. I did uh, Fire Marshal Bill. I did all the you know. I pulled every fucking trick out the bag, mm-hmm. and it went really well. Had it not gone well my first time, I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would have been back at Taco Bell or some shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me let me do something reasonable. Ah, yo, yeah. let me get a steak quesadilla, <laughs> son. Yeah. Let me get that, that water. Where that water at so I can mix it. So I end up getting on Def Comedy Jam. Bob Sumner, the, the talent scout, ended up doing a, a bunch of like auditions. And I auditioned for him like after I was doing comedy for a few months. And I was funny, but he was like, yeah, but you're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, no doubt. So I went back, graduated from school, and then I was like, I'm going to go full speed ahead with comedy. And I moved to Charlotte and auditioned for him again. Mm-hmm. And he was like, all right, you're closer. And so I was like, all right, I still don't have a guarantee. Yeah. So me and some of my comedian homies, we was like, let's fly to Tampa because we know he's going to be down there auditioning people. Let's go out of our hometown so we're not some hometown favorite niggas, and let's go audition there. Mm-hmm. Audition there. It was about 35 motherfuckers. We had to pick numbers out of a hat. I picked number seven, perfect spot. Mm-hmm. And I had the best set of the night. And so that, that I got on Def Comedy Jam, long story short, really short after I started doing comedy. Yeah. So same thing, Bernie Mac, uh, Fire Marshal Bill. I was real da- doing a lot of dance moves and shit. Yeah. Um, dance come in handy, bro. Dance come in handy. Especially when it comes to- I did the good times painting. So a lot of people, when, when Chappelle did it on his show, they was like, oh, he, that was some, you know, but I actually did that on Def Comedy Jam, mm-hmm. um, where I said the, the, a dude would come to the party dancing, locking and shit, mm-hmm. and he had a party so hype, the, the party be looking like the painting from Good Times. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so it was, you know, it was a moment. It was, it was me saying, it was God saying to me, all right, you, 
you made the decision to do this, and I'm gonna show you how how possible it can really be. Yeah. yeah. If you just follow your your dream. So that really started out the journey right there, and I started doing stand up for on the road for like three years, and then I moved to L.A. Okay. So for me, just hearing you tell your stories, like we could tell that you you have a lot of you, you have a lot of heart, and you uh you have that go get mentality, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that definitely didn't just come out that day where you decided to start dancing or whatnot what is it in the background like with on your background with your with your family or whatnot how did that come about like to being the person that you are to be that person who's just straight on eyes on the money target ready it's to go? funny go to my my instagram page when we're done with this and look at the last post i put up today mm -hmm. right i don't know where it came from i have to just say god because yeah. I come from Fayetteville, North Carolina. So even when I see J. Cole now, like I'm proud of him because I know where the fuck he's from. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not a lot of us make it out of there. Yeah. So I think your man Brian Tyree Henry's from there too. From uh I think so. Atlanta. I think he's from the Yeah, Bill. I think so. Right. Yeah. But for me, I'm from a place and I'm from a background, I'm from a military town. Oh. No one in my family was an entertainer. Yeah. I didn't have any access to entertainers. It was literally, I felt like God was like, man, I'm not going to let you get complacent and get in this town and try to get a job because your dad says so. Like, I had to defy my own father so that I could pursue this, yeah, this thing, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I feel like that was the day I became a man as we had this, this heated conversation, and he was mad as fuck fuck that I was about to graduate from school and talking about I'm pursuing stand-up. He's like, you ain't never said shit funny to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they always get twisted. Like, yeah. that's, how, that's, yeah, that's how it yeah, is. That's yeah. Not, that's that's nothing funny. to do with being Tell a me a joke. Nah, man. <laughs> yeah. It's deeper than that. So I was like, Dad, first of all, you drove me to every fucking talent show. I didn't say fucking, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. scared of my dad. I still, don't, I still don't cuss in front of my fuck. Yeah. Um, I was like, you drove me to every talent show. Why do you think that that desire goes away like since i was 10 years old like for the past at the time like the past eight years you've driven me to every talent show you've been in the front row clapping and cheering you made me and my brother perform in front of all all your your drunk friends at the house parties yeah it's in you. so it's in me so why why do you think that's gonna go away mm -hmm. and he was like man why why would you because i was growing dreads and shit he's like you about to graduate you about to have a degree why would you uh why not have a plan B and have something to, to fall back on? Yeah. And it was like the heavens opened up and God spoke. Because, again, I'm intimidated by my dad. Yeah. Normally what he says goes. But I felt like this God, like, get put the battery in my back. And I said, Dad, why would I give myself a plan B when I can just put all my energy into plan A and make that work? Yeah. Crickets. He was mad. He got red as that cup and got mm. the fuck out that room. Mm. Cause my dad's light skin too. Mm. Um, <laughs> and he 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 didn't have he didn't have an answer. And I felt like he was like, "Fuck, the boy knows what he's talking about, yeah. but I can't let him see that he knows what he's talking about." So, so let I'm me just gonna storm out. Yeah, he, just, he just, <laughs> if he could have killed me that day, I think that's what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So he just manned up and left the room. And that was when I was like, "Okay, now I really got to make yeah. this shit happen, so I can show this angry nigga." <laughs> who's my dad yeah. that I am funny one and that for two that I'm not gonna end up like you know my older brother who wanted to be a rapper but he didn't do it you know got caught up in weed and all that bullshit do you mm. think that maybe was the reason why he was so harsh on you trying to chase something I think even if that nigga if he <laughs> <laughs> I think even if my brother yeah, was successful in something else he still would have pushed me to be that but I, I think ultimately yeah 
I, you know, because he did have an example. Yeah. So yeah. he was like, yeah, I'm not going to lose two. And that military background plays a role in it because my dad was in the Air Force for like 22 years. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He oh, was yeah. the same thing with me when I, you know, same situation. I decided to go. I was just got my degree and I was working, you know, doing a job under my, you know, my my degree. And I was like, no, nah, I can't do this. And I quit and just like started working retail and right. just so I can pursue comedy. And he was like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, I got to go. You know, I got to, you know, at least try, you know, and go hard in the paint. So, I mean, that's the same thing. And I think when you are in a system like the military what's been taking care of you in a sense like you got health care covered all that you get a paycheck on time you know and you in that for a certain amount of years you kind of want that for your kid either you want that or you don't want it at all so it's like it don't have to be the military but they they like some sense of structure, structure. Yep. yeah and it's like like a bit of security as well like mm-hmm. okay i know you're gonna be all right, right. rather yeah. than the risk that comes with our business exactly but you like him like you you found like success early too like your first show was yeah. like you killed yeah yeah and I, I like i always say like my comedy journey was backwards i did well first with a bunch of shows with a lot of people then, you know, lo- usually people initially have the shows of like three, four people in the crowd. You're doing it at a bar. Somebody's talking in the back. Like, mm-hmm. that wasn't my introduction into comedy. I didn't I didn't see all of that to like almost like a year in. Yeah. And then that was kind of a shock to me because I was used to the, you know, a couple hundreds of people <laughs> yeah, in the crowd killing it. Yeah, the comedy like, zone was packed. Yeah. And it was like the star-studded room. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even know about them fucking open mics. Exactly. With, you know what I mean? Yeah, the three taverns. People, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know about that shit until. Two of the people in there watching the game and drinking. And it's like it's only one person paying attention to you. And it's like okay make me laugh and he's just sitting there the whole time yeah exactly. arms folded and it's like all right you know so that was kind of a culture shock to me not co- like a shock to me just to go in, in in reverse but it made me appreciate you know those you know those sold out crowds in a sense when when i had them after that yeah you started off like killing and like you said reverse mm-hmm. then after that you were like kind of fell in your face and exactly. you saw what you know failure would felt like exactly which is which is Kind of scary to not just me, but a lot of people, yeah. especially when it comes to pursuing stand up. Because, like me, like I do more improv, I do more like with groups of people or right. at least another person on there with mm-hmm. me. So, if like one person drops the ball, I pick it up for them or vice versa. Right. But when it comes to stand up, it's like I don't know, it's like there, there's a whole respect that comes with that. Yeah. That shit is intimidating. Yeah, yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. like I tried, it, I tried it in high school, I actually did. Pretty well, but it was high school and it yeah. was like in school. It wasn't like I'm on stage and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I tried it and it did well. But then when I did bad, like the very next time when I thought I was funny, yeah. it's like you get the sweats yeah. and you're like, dude, why am I here? I'm an idiot. I am very like, I don't like anything right yeah. now. Like it's very. That's, that sweat. And yeah. the light is on you. Yeah. You can't hide. When you say that first joke and it don't hit, you yeah. like. All right, I got four and a half minutes left like, yeah, of this feeling. <laughs> try, try, try having an hour to do. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And your first two jokes don't do well, mm. and you got to be like, "Oh mm. fuck, that's forty. That's you know, that's fifty-eight I got minutes a whole right there. Fifty-five <laughs> minutes. Yeah. with these angry motherfuckers. Yeah, <laughs> I choked in my room. I I tried to do the whole talent thing. Yeah. You know, when yeah. I was in high school, I was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go here." I practiced. I was like, man, English is my second language. What if I forget some words? <laughs> said, Fuck this. I'm not going there. His white people were just going to be looking at me like, look at mm. this African. I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You know how yeah. it is in South Bend, too. Oh, yeah. Once you bomb, everybody knows. They know that. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That's and the like, nigga that bombed. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and at this time, I was only like eight years fresh of oh, like yeah. speaking English fluently. So I was like, mm, mm-mm. Yeah. 
That's why you mm-hmm. develop tough skin in the small in the small towns. Yeah. Right? How did you get past the the, the tough times? Because of course, you know, the heavens opened and you were in this position where you're like, I can do this. But what about the moments when you like doubted yourself or you were like, Man, this is not good and you like how are those nights? Because I remember my nights when I was like on the metro, didn't have a car, but I had to take those long walks to the crib mm-hmm. after doing a terrible show. Mm-hmm. How what did ki- you? What kind of show was it? Improv. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So like an iOS story. If I'm at Second City, or or whatever, it, it it would be like, like yeah, like even though you're up there with other people, mm-hmm. it's very possible for an entire group to do terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, what was that like for you? For you, and even even you can chime in. Ice. Like, what was that like for you? Like moving past those tough nights. The tough nights are still here. Yeah. That's, that's what people don't understand. Like, you never get past having to overcome something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think we kind of touched on this last time we, we spoke. You know what I mean? Like, people will see, you know, you on Atlanta. Yeah. And just assume from here on out you got it made and yeah. you getting offers and you... <laughs> facts, right? Yeah. That's the beginning. Now, imagine how many times I've had to do that. Like, I've done a few things and I had my own show on Fox and I yeah. had, you know... This movie, Sam Jackson, Bernie Mac, and me. Oh well, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Lester, Lester, the and niggas Lester. is like niggas like oh, it's, it's on. Nigga. You yeah. about to you about to blow. Yeah, and it don't always happen where it's. I mean, let me say this: I am blessed because I have been very consistent mm-hmm. for a long time, and I've been able. I've, I've worked and and you know things that aren't by no means are bad, but because we are such visionary creative mm-hmm. creatives. Yeah. Sometimes being a visionary puts you mentally into the future place that you want to be. So you're not really existing in the now. Yeah. So when you're doing that shit, you're not you're never satisfied because what's here now, it don't look like where your mind is living in. You're living in the Bentley. Right. In the mansion. You're living in the series regular. You're living in that shit. And so now is like I'm in an apartment. This shit is fucking horrible i hate this apartment mm-hmm. when it's probably a nice apartment yeah. it's probably a blessing because some people are homeless yeah mm-hmm. like look at you you got a chain on you got yeah. your you know your lycra shirt on your <laughs> your shoes is dope you you know what i mean like you yeah. good i'm yeah. chilling this is a little you chilling lightweight. yeah it's yeah. lightweight but you chilling like yeah. and 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 you know being being in that mindset makes the tough times tougher yeah, yeah it makes you really yeah. really pay attention to Tough times, but I take a page from what um, Denzel Washington said in an interview. He said, "What we do, ain't it ain't tough. This shit is not tough." He said, "Yeah, it's a craft, but there are kids my age or adults my age overseas fighting the war. Yeah, for for you know what I mean." For our freedom, for for us to be able to just entertain. Yeah. So I, I'm real careful about calling the tough times tough. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how I get past them by saying, "Hey, man, there's somebody somewhere that would love to be where you at right now. They would love your struggle. They would mm-hmm. love. Sounds crazy, but yeah. you got rich people problems, my nigga. Right. Even if you're not rich, you got rich people problems. Yeah. You that's... you woke up, mm-hmm. you can eat. You you got clothes. You got you got a shelter. roof over your head. Yeah, you can pay your bills. Like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. And you know it's crazy because you say that, and I think sometimes you actually do forget that. Because mm-hmm. like for me, uh, being here, I had forgotten that for a minute. You know what I'm saying? And this past, you guys know this. This past like 
June, I went back home. I went back to Africa for the first time in 17 years. Yeah. You know, first time I got to meet like my cousins and stuff like that. I ain't been home in 17 years. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I stayed two and a half weeks at the, at the village. And uh, you, you get to have conversations and you get to see stories, listen to stories. And like a lot of people have been asking me, what is one thing that like you took when coming back? And I say, you know what? A lot of shit don't really matter. Because because I, I feel like we, we think we, the things that we worry about, the things that are like putting stress on us, they ain't really stress and they don't really matter because we always find a way to overcome that. And there's some kids out there. I, I was talking to a kid who's 12 years old who quit school because he couldn't pay for his exam. A hundred kwacha. If you know what a hundred kwacha is, that's like 75 cents. Right. Mm. And I'm speaking to a family, a family, a whole family with five children and two parents. They make $16 a month. Mm. And like me talking to them. $16 a month. month. And that $16 has to stretch Mm. and bless five different kids, but also has to last them the entire month. People make that in an hour. You understand what I'm saying? That's so, almost minimum wage. So like, so when people were telling me like, what is the one thing you took away? I was like, because a lot, a lot of shit don't matter, and I feel it, like it, it, don't. It, it don't matter because it's like we always find a way. We have this opportunity here where we can, we can always find a way. We always have somebody we can reach out to that can like, be like, yo, you can go this way, you can go this way, you can do this, and you'll be good. Mm-hmm. Even, even if we're struggling, you know what I'm saying? Even if you're two days late on your rent, right. you still find a way. Yeah. No, absolutely. But, so, like, I can totally agree with that. Totally understand what you're saying because sometimes it's like we put so much emphasis of we're struggling, we're struggling, we're struggling. But man, we ain't even seen struggle yet, and we lose focus on what we're blessed with. Exactly, a hundred percent. Like it's, the dream, the American dream, is to get this and get that and be the greatest and be great at this and 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 be the best in the best country. Mm-hmm. But a true dream would be to be thankful for everything you have because once you find no, absolutely once you find that. Then everything else comes easier. It does. Yeah. Like I've 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 grown so accustomed. I'm mean, speaking for myself. I've grown so accustomed to. I've grown some. My bad. Come on, Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> I've grown so accustomed to being like, oh wait, I'm not there yet. Oh, I want to be great, but I'm not there yet. That I've lost the sight of wow, but I'm great enough to get to where I'm at right now. Coming yeah. from Indiana, because right. you know we're from South Bend, Indiana, bro. Yeah. To be able to even <laughs> leave the city is crazy. That's yeah. what I was saying about fit. Same. Yeah. So it's I mean, the same thing. Like, yeah. um, I, I just had a conversation last night. Like, we were talking about different goats, like Eddie Murphy and yeah. all. And 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 the conversation was, you know, but what what happens like when we see them fall off? And and my response to that was, there's no such thing as falling off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We we build our definition based on whether it's what society says, what the business says. We start to define our self, our lives, our career yeah. based on what other people think. We compare. We do all kind of shit, right? Yeah. So the key to me, and this is just my opinion, the key is to be content. Godliness with contentment is great gain, mm-hmm. is what the words say, right? Mm. Not to preach, but... Go ahead, you can preach the con- too. The contentment means I define what a win is. First of all, I'm not trying to win. Doesn't matter, like, Eddie Murphy's win is his win. Richard Pryor's win is his win. Right. Eddie's win don't cancel out Richard's win. Nope. Right. Kevin Hart's win doesn't cancel out Mike Epps' win. Right. They yeah. both win. But it's not win in the sense of I want I'm winning and you're second and you're third and you're fourth. Right. We all have to have personal wins, and that's determined by you. Yeah. 
we have to now block everybody else's opinion out, everybody else's definition, so that your journey now becomes one where you define why you're happy. You define it. You don't look at, um, you don't listen to when they praising you, and and you don't listen to when they shitting on you. Mm-hmm. Because if you start believing the praise, like, oh, yeah, I am the shit. They all saying that I'm the shit. They all saying that I'm that guy right now. If you start to believe that, when they start saying that you you ain't that guy right now, you're going to believe it. And that's when you're going to fall off. Because now you're not on your game. So you take somebody like Marlon Wayans, for example, right? This Mm -hmm. brother been in the, we know his family's record. He's he's the youngest of the family. And he's done. He's done it all with the the family and without the family. Yeah. Yeah. And he's probably been in the industry over 20 years now. Mm-hmm. And when you look at this nigga right now, it's like he's just getting started. Yeah. Yeah. His hunger. This nigga's always in the gym doing cardio so that he can be better at stand-up on stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's he it. just did his first stand-up. First on, stand-up. On, on first stand-up special. Yeah, yeah. special, yeah. But yeah. he's been doing stand-up for the last six, seven years. Right. You know what I mean? And, and he did that when he had the Richard Pryor movie opportunity. Mm-hmm. So my, my point is this. Using his example, he didn't sit back and be like, "Oh man, my you know my family was hot in the '90s or 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 whatever." Not, I'm not saying that that's what the word is. I'm just saying like he could he could have rested on his laurels. Yeah. yeah. At any point. Yeah. A haunted house was mad successful. White chicks, dumb successful. Uh, scary, scary movie, movies. real successful. In Living yeah. Color, uh, Mo Money, like yeah. He has a list of shit. His family got a list of shit that they could just sit back and, and rest on. Yeah. Big Damon is uh, what lethal weapon, successful. Mm-hmm. Lil Damon out there killing it right now. Got his own show on CBS. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marlon doing a move. He's doing his own like round of Netflix movies his now. Own show. His, his own, own show Marlon. on yeah. NBC. Yeah. Yeah. He about to play sex tuplets. Six right. people. Yeah, right. He's. He has every right to be a jaded nigga that could be like, ah, uh, I don't know, I, f- you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm just spend my money or I'm not gonna try anymore. Yeah, but because I feel like he's redefined who he is to mm-hmm. himself. Yeah, he's surpassing expectations, whether mm-hmm. it's family expectations, personal expectations of his own, the the industry's expectations. He's still very relevant and he's still very like. He's still discoverable. There's still people who may not know, like a younger generation. Like I heard Nick Cannon in an interview recently say, um, some of the young kids on Wild and Out didn't know who Luda was. Uh-huh. Man, that's, that's crazy. Like <laughs> Luda's the man, though. Hey, Luda, one of the most underrated punchline bar rappers oh, yes. ever. Like he's, he's Luda. He's so, Luda. But we we have to understand that times just changing. We're in a mm-hmm. faster generation now. Yeah. With these phones, mm-hmm. everything is moving at light lightning speed so you can't get caught up on what you did yesterday that's the whole point of what i'm saying you can't get caught up and rest on your laurels you have to always every day reinvent yourself and really be willing to work hard yeah and 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 redefine what you think is successful right don't let anyone tell you that you're you're falling off or you're doing fuck everybody but who's to say like and the way that people view falling off is crazy like especially nowadays like i was watching a breakfast club I, i forgot i think it was dj envy i think he was talking to joe button or someone and I don't know DJ Envy or none of that, but it was just interesting because he was like, you, I don't know if he said you fell off or you ain't been working as much because you ain't been posting on IG. Right. Or he said it's one of his guests. And they were like, 
<laughs> what does that What does that even really mean though posting That's how he was like Posting on IG yeah. yeah posting on IG And it's like That's what a lot of people <laughs> Take stock in Either either what you post on IG if Just like what you said If you're successful It's because you're posting Successful things on IG Or making it seem like It's successful The same just way pretenders if, though and it, But it, exactly Or just the, the, the complete opposite If you don't it's like, oh, well, they're not really popping right now. Yeah. Or if you don't hear from them, it's like, oh, they're falling off. When in reality, they may be in Cuba or something or like uh, uh, like in London or something, living it up or something. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and, and I said this last night, too, in, the, in that conversation. To your point, mm-hmm. they could be to their own, um, by their own choice. Some people just bow out because they don't want to deal with this bullshit anymore. Yeah. yeah. So if the masses are looking at That's that, saying, "Oh man, so and so fell off. What happened?" Maybe that motherfucker knew something we didn't. Right. Yeah. And was like, "Nah, I'm I'm chilling. I don't need that shit. I made my bread. I'm about to go live yeah. south of France. You know, little Italy, whatever." Yeah. And so that's my point is we have to define what's successful. We have to define our journey. 100%. We can't let the outside definition define that because you'll, you, that's how you get fucked up. Yeah. And, and I think that's crazy because I don't think nowadays a lot of people, especially a lot of young cats, I don't think they have that tough skin to deal with that kind of pressure anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, we lost Robin Williams to that same pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, an yeah. OG. Yeah. He's a real OG. To the outside looking in, from the outside looking in, looked like he won and had it yeah, all together. Yeah. Exactly. But... He wasn't happy. And look at uh, look at Jim Carrey. Jim yeah. Carrey, you know, he hit his. He's Jim Carrey, and you know, one of your inspirations. Mm-hmm. Hit pinnacles in Living Color. Uh, the Ace of Venturas, The 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 uh, everything. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the number twenty three. Everything. Yeah. yeah, me myself and I. Me yeah. myself and I, all that. But in one of his like recent like interviews, where he's all bearded out and older, yeah. he's talking about how a lot of stuff, like what the real importance of it is, is which is it's not much. Like when it comes to these accolades and stuff, it's like, it's 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 fleeting. Mike Tyson, mm-hmm. when when someone was interviewing him about his his trophies and all his you know gains and stuff, he's like, it's rubbish. It's just trash. garbage. This yeah, is garbage. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bled for nothing. Yeah, you you, 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 you <laughs> and that shows you what it's really about. Because a lot of people, like you say, we put stock in what people say. We also mm-hmm. put stock in things. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Y'all have trophies from yeah. when you was kids, from yeah. whether it was sports or yeah. I got talent show trophies, certificates. None of that shit means anything. Not like yeah. nothing. Because here's the thing: we have motherfuckers who publicly win, yeah, and and have real legit accolades that we fucking forget about, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's niggas in the NBA that don't know who some of the OGs in the NBA are, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Niggas with rings. They don't even know who these niggas are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, there's rappers now that have no clue who Rock Kim is. Or Pocket. It, it was funny too. I was watching an interview a while ago and it was Chance the Rapper and he was managed by the same uh, person that Eric B and Rock Kim was. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, you know that that's, you know, Eric B and Rock Kim's manager. And he was like, who? Who is in. And Chance the Rapper is dope. <laughs> Wait, Chance is dope. <laughs> yeah. But, that's- but then he. It, and then I st- that happened to me the other day. Like I said, I screenwrite and stuff. And then somebody was like, uh, you never seen The Breakfast Club? I'm like, no. And it was like, well, how do you consider yourself a screenwriter or a director if you, you know, you never seen this movie? And they just started rapping. the movie The Breakfast yeah, Club? Yeah, the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not Charlemagne. No, no, no. That's no, no. I was thinking. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, not at all. But I'm like, like you're talking about just, Judd, yeah, Judd They Nelson just started ra- rattling off all these movies. And I'm like, no, nah, I haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. How do you, like, that, just because you, granted, you can learn from that, but that don't. That can't. That doesn't define who you are moving forward. Like you know, that's that's a good foundation, but you can still be great 
without knowing it. Like a lot of these rappers are still good. Some of them. No, are no, trash. they're good. But my point is too, if you're the person who has the accolades, right? Not don't put your faith in those. Don't rest yeah. on those accolades. Exactly. Time moves on. People forget. And yeah. people, not to, even that they forget, they just don't know because they're too young. Exactly. Right. You know what I mean? When I was coming up, I didn't know who some of these bands were from the 80s and the yeah. 70s. And yeah. I didn't know until I had to hip-hop sampled a lot of these people, and then I had to go back and yeah. learn James Brown. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? I didn't grow up with James Brown. Mm -hmm. right. So all I'm saying is if you if you define your own success, define your own journey, you won't, you won't be the nigga sitting in a room uh, 40 years from now like, man, I, I won that. I won that award yeah. back in 2018. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's that's my my claim to fame right there. That's just Why? Living in Why? The past, man. Even look at the award shows nowadays. Yeah. Like I honestly, I feel like I've it's a thousand seen, of these. Shows. I, have, I have not seen an award show. Everybody in a wins a trophy. Just the like, just the Oscars. Yo, no no disrespect, no disrespect at all, at all, at all to Jennifer Lopez at all, <laughs> at all. But I was watching the VMAs <laughs> only because. No, no, don't get, <laughs> come on, man. No, I was watching the VMAs because someone who I was with wanted to, and I was like, okay. And I like how he kept that real anonymous. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Someone who I was somebody with, I was with yeah, wanted to see that bullshit. You know, right. you know, you I was know, like, you know, I, you know, I, I fucks with it, right. but only because you here, yeah, the yeah. person who you will remain nameless. Like yeah, gender will remain uh, anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, this person, she was like, yeah, we were watching it. And J-Lo was, uh, what was it, the Vanguard Award or something? Mm -hmm. One yeah. of the awards. She was accepting it. And she was just talking and giving a speech. And I was like, yeah, this is inspirational. And I, no diss to it. But after a while, I was like, what does this really mean, though? Right. Like, I already know that you're, you don't even need this award for me to know that you're Jennifer Lopez. Right. Like, right. you're Jennifer Lopez. Like, I see you not with the accolades you get, but who you are. Mm -hmm. So I say that, like, with these award shows, like, I mean, I don't even want to knock on wood. I don't have any stock in it, but I'll do it anyways. I feel like down the line, award shows will be a thing of the past. Yeah. Think about the Oscars. They've been they've been they've been under flack, and then they switched it up because they had to. And they still didn't even really switch it. They just brought more nominees of color, yeah. right? Yeah. But not really winners of most color. popular mm. movie, mm. right? Man, that should be bullshit. Right, that, but that shit is coming next yeah. next it's, year. It's, it's, next it's Oscars, becoming, it's come to the point where the award just has no weight. Yeah. yeah. It yeah, doesn't. I mean, you win that shit and you can disappear the next. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, Cuba Gooding Jr. has an Oscar. Yeah. And right after that, they was putting him in bullshit movies. Bullshit. Monique. Yeah. Monique Prime example. Mm. Yeah. If you look at, and you look at, like, when they talk about the downfall of people, it's always a picture of them at either at the Grammys or the Oscars, and they got a ton of, you know, either Grammys or, you know, are they holding up the Oscars, but it's like they post you know, like you said, fall off picture before they like, oh, and then right after this, they got in their drugs and they was doing straight to, you know, straight DVD. DVD movies. And it's like, yeah. but they was just on. And then, and then, but, you know, like I said, there's no really, you know, like you can't use that as a barometer right. of, you know, of somebody's success. Don't put, a, don't put too much stock cause, or, or your identity into these things. The identity is who you are, yeah, which absolutely. got you these things. But also, too, and granted, I never won a Grammy or Oscar, but when I do, really? I'm going to be like, yeah, yeah, this is surprisingly. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> it, whenever that day comes, if it does come, I'm going to be like, yo, this was dope. What's next? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to be two, three years later, like you said, remember that Grammy? Remember that Oscar I won for that? Remember that? Like, yeah. what does that mean in the in the grand scheme of things? I'd rather have, a, a, you know, a bunch of either comedians or actors or 
or directors that I help create versus this Grammy or this Oscar. Right. You know, that's that would speak more volumes to me, and that would show my legacy a yes. lot more than 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 any trophy. Dude, I, it's mm. easy. I mean, and you touch small, uh, touch slightly on um, Atlanta, talking mm. about how people are like, yeah, you're on Atlanta, so you got me. Like honestly, and I, I I fall. I'll admit I fall victim to this. It's like. You get the like the syndrome where you, you you do this big thing and everyone's like oh it's iconic you're you're part of this mm-hmm. oh you you're on and you start to slightly believe that and that kind of slows down your vehicle because now you're slowing down for what you've done rather than going full force for what you want which right. is like just a lot of dope shit and just being the the the, the big the king the leader the whatever you want to be so like finding like. Your, your your identity, whether it's in like in stand up where you're like, oh, I did great last night, mm-hmm. so I'm funny, or oh, I did this show and I was awesome, so I'm a great actor. Yes, you may be, but if you put too much stock and too much like of your identity within that one night or that one accolade or that one show, that's when you start to kind of wash up in a sense. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree. Don't buy into the praise or yeah. or the you know the the negative talk. Yeah, don't buy either one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just be good, yeah. Which is why I, I seem so accessible to you guys because mm-hmm. what you said, I don't rest on shit that I've done. Yeah. For me, it's always what's next, mm-hmm. and in that what's next keeps me humble. It keeps me knowing that I'm staying hungry and I'm I want to be better and just keep doing big shit. Yeah. So when people approach me and be like, "Oh man, I remember you from so and so," I sometimes forget that I did that shit. Yeah. yeah. Cause I'm not sitting. I'm not wearing that shit. I'm not. It's not right on a t-shirt. Right. Just got you know a shirt I mean? that say Lester. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't walk around with that with right. that chip on my shoulder or that. You know. You should respect me because I did X, Y, and Z. Nah. Yeah. It's a new goddamn day. Yeah. And I'm creating new shit. So has yeah, I, a point I think came? I think everybody that does that is just full of shit anyway. What? You know, like you should be like, I did this, so you should respect me. This this is my I'm, level. Yeah, respect. it's an overcompensation. You know I mean, it's funny too because I was watching this thing now, and I don't I don't really have no stance on it, but people are starting to come for like Lauren Hill now because they feel like she's been they sitting she on a like miseducation. Huh? What didn't they say that she didn't write it or she didn't give credit to the? Yeah, because like it? now she can only perform musicians. like four songs at the at her concerts because she's been in like a legal battle over over the songs and stuff, which is crazy. But a lot of people have been kind of attacking her because they felt like she's still, you know, uh, riding on the curtails of, of you know, miseducation. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, great album. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just trying to look, kind of looking at it, I mean, you it's hard to argue against it because it's like, well, what have you, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, she's, she's, first of all, the Unplugged album was actually pretty incredible i yeah. love mm-hmm. i was like dang near raised yeah. on acoustic. thanks to my mom mm-hmm. yeah yeah it was yeah. acoustic yeah. but she said some of the illest shit like she rapped better than any rapper yeah on that motherfucker like she said some real relevant socially uh conscious stuff but i wouldn't say she's resting on that i think afterwards she just went through a lot of personal shit mm-hmm. and yeah. the industry yeah. kind of shit on her yeah so yeah i mean it's hard to, to produce in an environment where you know it's a hostile environment mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. But she earned she earned every bit of accolades that she get. In I my feel opinion. like she did myself too, and it was just I was just watching these videos and read. I'm like, damn, people really. But we're really we're for we're her. in a culture, and I'm I'm talking about black people. Mm-hmm. We're in a culture where we just, it's, it's crabs in a bucket or something. We just can't it is crabs in a barrel, man. We love to tear down. We love to see the demise of our heroes. Mm-hmm. We Why love is it. that? Yeah, because we were we were beaten. 
Mm-hmm. We're it's beaten like down. Our yeah, it's, it's systemic. It's like we were beaten down so bad that the only way to feel better is to see your brother beat down too. Yeah, like that's that's crazy to me because you know I've I've had like and it's a lot of I've I've had a lot of people come to me. It's like yo, you know, uh, your boys are doing this, your boys are doing this. It's like yo, what, how they doing that? Like you should be there. And I'm like yo, mm. like why can you just sit there and just actually applaud and like literally just be proud and be yeah. like support them yeah. because i feel like I, f- I feel like that kind of mentality the way it's going to end is going to start with us yeah. you know what i'm saying like us us young people we have to do that you know what i'm saying we have to be there to support one another we have to be there to cheer each you know each other but also be like you know what show love so right. people can see that you actually show in love right because i think that's just bullshit and it makes all of us look stupid as fuck it's that's crazy one. it's crazy because it's like we and I'm, I'm just speaking generally because it's not everybody, but it's like we'll point outwards and be like, oh, well, you know, they're doing this to us. They're doing this to us. But then we'll attack ourselves right. and then continue to point outwards and be like, well, how is this happening? Yeah. Well, it starts with us. It starts with our front lawn. How, how are we? What are we doing to keep our, our grass clean? Now, of course, there's a lot of BS that, mm-hmm. you know, that can go without being said that we've been put in that has screwed us over. Yeah. But us as a people like. We have more than enough power to bring each other up. Instead, we use that power to pull Facts. each other. Yeah. yeah, and Facts. I mean, you, you see it in, in, in sports, too, because people do not expect LeBron James to show love to KD. Yeah, they expect right. but they're LeBron, actually it, friends. It, it, but they're yeah. actually friends. You know, like, yeah. they want LeBron James to hate KD. Right. They, they, want, they want KD and Steph not to get along. They want, you know, Russ to hate everybody else. It's like, what the fuck? That's yeah. why I love the shop. That LeBron, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's got fucking Draymond Green, Draymond Green Draymond and Bron. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. this is the second one I saw where Draymond was in in the shop with. Yeah, him. yeah. And you and know, actually, they Draymond... are they are vocal rivals during the season. Yes. Right. So to see them like kicking it together and and, Le- and uh and Draymond's telling LeBron, "You he's are the, the greatest." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That shit is priceless. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. love. You know what I'm saying? Like that is that is awesome to yeah, see. Like when I, when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what it should be. That should mm-hmm. be. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like, and I think this shit also starts in like middle school and high school and shit yeah, yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? Like when you play in sports, like they will always put you to compete against somebody else. We have this com- this competition. Every single thing we do is to compete, compete, compete. Mm-hmm. Oh, this guy's got these new shoes. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and get this new shoes yeah. so I can oh, shit yeah. on these shoes. Yeah. Oh, you got this. Fake, fake jersey, man. Fuck your jersey. Your jersey is fake. <laughs> yeah. Mine is real. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Atlanta and then, and yeah, the whole Atlanta episode. Yeah. And it's yeah. like that shit. Literally, like you think at that point it's just like a joke, but it becomes like ingrained yeah, into you. And exactly. when you grow sure. up, you can't let that shit go. So yeah. now you you overextend yourself and try to get the fancy car. You you overextend yourself, try to get the baddest bitch yeah. and this and that. Like it's yeah. it's a it's a it's a problem. Yeah, yeah. I crazy. think and, and for me when in specifically stand up, it's like. I always tell people I'm, sh- I'm on shows where it's like, even if I'm headlining, which I haven't headlined a lot, but if I did and it's just my homies, I'm like, bro, do your best set. Like, destroy my soul. Like, yeah. like do your absolute best. Oh, don't, yeah, you I know. don't censor none of my, my guys. Yeah, and then I think that's what happened to me, and it just kind of changed my perspective of comedy and how I want to do comedy whenever I get to that level. And I did a show with the with the black comedian. He's, a, he's bigger, and then, you know, I was just telling them about like how can I maneuver, you know, moving forward to kind of to you know get a number link and help me and stuff like that, uh, and just getting trying to get feedback. And he was all like, "Well, you know, I had to mop floors for four to five years before they even gave me three minutes." And you know, y'all young guys, you know, think y'all can just do that? Y'all need to do this, this, and this before you even. I'm like, "Why he's salty?" 
My <laughs> fault. I'm like, this ain't the, you know, this ain't the early '90s. Look, like, I don't have to. You know. But I understand where he's coming from. I understand why he has that chip on his shoulder. That that's not the best way to communicate it. Mm-hmm. But I get it because we are in an era where niggas think they could just run up on you or DM you and just get the keys to the entire game. Yeah. Mm. So. I'm sure that wasn't specific to you. Yeah. It's just when he, when you hit him, he just probably was in that. Headspace. In yeah. that, yeah, it's just, because again, I get ran up on a lot with a lot of bullshit. Yeah. And I'm not always the cool guy. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I got to be standoffish and I got to just be like, nah, 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 I got you. Just hit my business partner or whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It you, it depends on what day you catch me on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I try to, you know, extend the hand. But some sometimes the the guys like you who who want the information, don't always have the best approach. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it was right after a show. Like we just did a show together. He already like he saw me do well, so it wasn't like no random person DMing him. I understand that a hundred percent. Like if I'm no, I'm not. I'm not defending him. I'm just yeah. trying to give you another yeah. side of it. But I mean, hey, he was a dick. he was a dick yeah. at that in that moment. He was a dick to you. <laughs> if you felt that way, you felt that way. And that's the thing too. I just felt like, and then taking it, I'm like, I got it. Cool. I just know moving forward, it's like that. When I get on, I just make sure. That you know you 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 kind of like you did with me and, and Matt and just like hey I said this you know I give you a shot. You're gonna have your moments though. Yeah, trust me. You go you gonna be like, shit. Can these niggas get out my ear? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is bullshit. Yeah, I, can't, I, was... I can't put you on. Right. Yeah, I had, okay. I ain't gonna lie. I hate those. Like, hey, can you put me on? I'm like, dude. Like, it's not a thing to put someone on, especially when everyone's asking for that. Yeah. Like, there's a like, cause with me, like personally, if someone was like, oh, put me on to your manager, me. I be having to keep my managers in check. So why would I even bring you over there when there's already issues that I got? That's what I'm saying. Nobody yeah. knows that side of it. So exactly because nobody just under, everybody just assumes they just assume this shit is easy. They think, oh, yeah. well, you, when you get this, it's on. No, when you get this, you get more people because you on, I'm on. Right, yeah. I'm entitled to what you got. Yeah, that's funny, right? Put me on, bro. Right. Even with that's even that's with even with people who bless me, whether it's like you know, even back then when like 2014-15 when Brennan. Who you know blessed blessed us with this? Mm-hmm. When I was staying on his couch, I was working hard to get out of there. Yeah. I wasn't like, okay, I'm I'm good, thanks. I'm like, no, now I'm gonna do what I can do so I can get back on my feet. And I ended up ascending, getting my own place. Mm-hmm. So it's like a lot of people don't have that same mentality. They're like, oh, well, I'm gonna just be here and I'm gonna just you know coast mm-hmm. and do what I can do. But I mean, right it, it, it comes with it comes with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes with the game. Um, but touching on what you said earlier. When it comes to competition, I'm competitive. I'm yeah. you know me. I'm mad competitive to where I'm I'm like stupid focused and cutting everybody out. Yeah. yeah. But there's a way to be competitive and also be respectful. Yeah. 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 There's I think a- it runs back to like. Well, my bad. Oh no 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 no. I think for like athlete, like a lot, all of the, all of us were athletes, so it's like kind of the athletic background is like. I wasn't an athlete. Oh. All right. Well, you a martial artist. He's martial artist. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a martial artist, and he's you know dancing ass yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah. All that falls on the same umbrella. But for me, with track, is like, I like if we're on the same team, I'm gonna beat you in the open hundred. But like when this relay come, like we want to beat every school out there, you know. And that's kind of the mentality. It's like I'm gonna compete with you to keep you on your toes, and so you won't rest on your laurels. But I will never compete in the sense of you know. Uh, trying to beat you out and, put you and put you down. Like if yeah. me and you going for the same girl, I'm gonna have her get with me just off the strength of she liking me. Yeah, I would never be like you know RJ doing this, RJ man, R- like That's no bitch shit. Yeah. yeah, I would never put you down to get ahead, but I'm a I'm a keep busting my ass 
to you know motivate you to keep busting you just gotta make sure your game's strong enough bro right oh you got the game tight bro (laughs) speaking of because i was watching uh nick cannon's he was on Everyday Struggle recently. That's what I watched last night. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I, and he was talking about how even though everybody gets on everybody, it's still like love. Like that's the space to do that, so everyone can like take themselves less serious and mm-hmm. just relax. How was that environment? I know you were just back on there too. Oh, wilding out. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. wilding out. So how 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 was the environment in there, and how did you guys? Because I assume like you guys must have been tight. Y'all worked with each other, but y'all roasted each other. It's well, like yeah. gotta be tight. He said yeah, you take yeah, care nah. of my son. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, we was tight for sure. I mean, um, like especially the first cast, we were. I, I felt like we were a family, and we legitimately had fun. Like every show, every show had an after party, and Nick was DJing. Wow. Mm. So, whatever you saw on TV was really that. Like the the bar was real, the drinks was real, the bitches was real, yeah. <laughs> the whole shit was real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we literally would. As soon as the camera shut off, Nick get on them tables, and it's a whole after party. Mm-hmm. So it it. It allowed for us to to breed this energy that brought that camaraderie and and at, you know the energy of having fun in that environment on that set that just felt like a club. Yeah. Um. The actual show, I'm not gonna lie. Like some of the there's been different producers that have come in and out, right? But yeah. sometimes the environment of the show was very it it got a little toxic mm-hmm. in the competitive. Like they would pit us against each other, like to the point where you know, you didn't know if you was going to be on the next show or whatever, right? To yeah. the point where I was just like, fuck all of that. Like, y'all need to tell me if I'm going to be on every show or not. Yeah. Because I don't want to be doing this this pseudo competition and trying to prove to y'all. Because I'm one of the main niggas on this show. I know that I am, but you want, you want me to believe that I'm not. Right. You know what I mean? So Some of these producers, man, they be having their own motives and it be shit. Yeah, it be, you know, it be some, some whatever shit. But yeah. um, I got past all of that and I... I, I I grew to to love the show. Now, did, there did become a point where I felt creatively stifled. I felt like I want to do more. I felt like I didn't want to keep doing raps about niggas' moms and their girls. And, yeah. and so that's why I, I chose to not come back. I mean, well, the show ended. And yeah. then he brought it back years later. Yeah. And then they asked me to be a part of it. But I, I didn't, at the time, I just wasn't, and still, I'm not, I'm not in the space that they're in. So it's good to see like the Chico Beans and the Carlos Millers doing what they do with it. Yeah. Um, Even DC Young Fly and the other DC, like yeah, yeah, for sure. influencers, it's like a platform for influencers too now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah. then and then you know Nick taking it on tour was is the smartest move. Like we tried to do that when we were doing it. We did one big show in Vegas, mm. but that's when Nick was doing a shitload of movies too. So he didn't have time to go on tour actively with it. But now. I feel like he's in the he's in the the zone of what Wildin' Out should be. Yeah, it should be a massive show that that's live, you know, a live nation type tour and yeah. uh, you know TV. He's going now he's different cities: Atlanta, New York, L.A. Um, and he, I'm sure he's going to hit different cities like Chicago. Um, he he's needs very to smart. Hit Chicago, 100. percent Yeah, for it sure. Yeah. Well, then they, they need to stop Wildin' Out <laughs> in Chicago, <laughs> um, right? But yeah, to answer your your first question, no, it was definitely uh, fam. The environment was, on the competitive side, it was friendly because I knew I'm on stage with about 12 comedians that all want to be funny. They all want to make sure their joke makes the air. Mm. So what I would do is I would sit back. I would let everyone burn their shit and go three and four times, and I would hold my shit in the chamber. And I knew I had a a joke that was going to shut the shit down. Mm -hmm. And then I would go do my one joke and... 
sure enough, it shut shit down, and it was the last joke or or close to the last. Yeah. And I knew it was gonna make the edit because of the response. Now I had a lot of shit that didn't make it. Like I had a lot of great material that. For whatever reason, they was like, all right, we don't want him to outshine everyone. But I had mm. a lot, like 60% mm. of my shit. Because mind you, we taped for like two and a half hours to right. get down to 24 minutes. Yeah. So I had a lot of shit that that no one will ever see. Well, that's a that's a good method. That's kind of like how I would dance, going back to dancing. That's how I would do, or when I would, was effective in dance. Because you see, you get these dancers, they come in, and then they just go in every, every other time and i'm like yo well we're kind of tired of it because we know your style and it's like you've done that move already we've seen it whereas if you see the like the killers who just wait that one moment just to wreck shit just to snipe you yeah (laughs) did you learn me on wild and out yeah i was did you not see it till it showed aired on tv like you didn't know which they picked Yeah, i didn't know what they was gonna keep i just made sure every time i hit the stage it was on i had something that was i mean of course you know some jokes fall flat or whatever but for the most part, that's why people remember me from the show, mm-hmm. and I made the impact that I made is because I, I was very calculated in how I approached doing it. How did how did your uh, so your I mean I see how your dance training kind of like because what what I just said it, it correlates. <clears throat> how does that and your martial arts training correlate to your comedy? Because like like with me when it comes to my acting and my auditioning, I kind of use methods on how I cook. It's kind of like preparation. Like, mm-hmm. if you cook something, you gotta trust that it's ready. You don't just keep checking it. Same with my auditions. I don't just keep over auditioning, over yeah. memorizing the lines. So you do the work. Exactly, do the work, trust the work, and it's ready when you get in the room. It's ready for everyone to enjoy. So, how does your like martial arts training and dancing, and even, I mean, we'll talk about your rapping in a moment. But how does that translate to your comedy? Because I, I believe that everything goes hand in hand. Yeah. It, it taught me because of the way I, I, I credit hip hop across the board for yeah. why I do the shit I do in acting and comedy and everything. Because even when you, if you want to call it improv or whatever, it mm. all for me comes from freestyling, whether it's freestyle rap and freestyle dance, yeah. learning in the moment. So, what it taught me was I don't have to wait around for this structure to happen or to learn this structure. Because I tried to do it. Um, I, I took like a an I, I mean a stand up course when I was in Charlotte, and it was taught by some white com- you know some some white comedians and they had their little method and yeah. they want to take you through this course and then you got to pay for another. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. they was gonna take you all the way around the fucking house when from feeling and energy that black shit mm-hmm. that innate shit we just knew we had something mm-hmm. yeah. so I'm gonna go through the front door with this energy with confidence so that's just kind of how it's like. In a dance circle, I don't give a fuck who the dancer is. I can I can go out. Yeah, I'm confident that I can go out with whoever's out there, right? Mm-hmm. In martial arts, I was actually self-taught first, oh, and I really? taught myself from first watching Bruce Lee movies. Ooh, which one? All Return of, of the Dragon. Oh, that's my shit. When he beat the shit out of uh, Chuck, Chuck Norris. Norris. Yeah, yeah, that's but my shit. that wasn't the one that impressed me. The fight in the alley. Where he says dragon whips his tail, mm-hmm. that was the one that was like, oh shit. So what I did was I I started like just mimicking, and because I was already a dancer, I kind of could do the moves. Yeah. But to get the timing and the rhythm, I would go spar people who were actually in karate class. 
Mm. This oh, is when I was nice. living in Germany. So I would just go to the gym and, and be like, yo, let's go, let's let's work out. Or show me that move or whatever, or let's spar. And be, I, f- I feel like because I'm a dancer, I was always to- told that I'm a natural, I was born with natural martial artist ability. Mm-hmm. And not to say that I'm the greatest at martial arts, what it means is I just have a natural rhythm to understand the movement and yeah. the timing of it. So the people that I would spar, some of them I would actually beat. Nice. So I learned the rhythm of it. Mm-hmm. So I say all that to say that's where my confidence in stand-up comes from. Mm-hmm. I already know I have timing. I know I have rhythm. And I know I'm funny. Mm-hmm. As long as I have those three and I'm fearless on stage, yeah. there's nothing I can't do. I don't give a fuck who. I don't care who's on stage. You got you to gotta trust within yourself. That's what you yeah, have. Yeah, I don't care who is in the building who is the best this that or whatever? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna shoot my shot every yeah. single time. And you had a pretty legit. Uh, one of my friends actually told me you because he knows you, you, the guy you trained with. You eventually trained with out here. Mm-hmm. But what, what was his name? What, tell me about him. He, oh, he wait, was like legit. One? He was like a. What was his name? I don't know. He just said that he was like a legit like master. I don't, I don't know if it was Wing Chun. In, is in it Ra Sun? It, what, what, what was the was it what, Wing what, Chun? Wing Chun. It was Wing Chun. Uh-huh. How many trained? You had a, a few. I trained with a couple people out here. One one Jake guy Kondo, is named, uh, Nigel Kondo? Benz. No, Wing Chun. Wing Chun. Nigel Benz and a guy named uh, Rasun. It might have been Perkle mm-hmm. from New York. Who's the Who's the legit? Because I don't know much. I, I know a bit about Mu- Muay Thai and boxing, but okay. I don't know about that arena. But I know you've trained with some legit trainers i just know that much yeah i mean the, the two i named are, are definitely legit i don't know who the who the one is that you yeah, know me but, neither. yeah but no no i've trained with some with some <laughs> it might have been rasan it, it might have been rasan yeah rasan is legit legit like yeah. his grandmaster is william chung who was bruce lee's friend yeah it was rasan it is rasan that's, that's the yeah, guy. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 uh yeah. grandmaster william chung is, yeah um yeah him and bruce lee trained together they both learned from yip man so mm-hmm. yeah yeah it was wrestling yeah how so, is that that's like you're like that's real training that's like because with muay thai and boxing that's like the best that's like the best fitness i've ever gotten in my life oh yeah i mean that's that's the most uh cardio you're gonna get yeah and, and effective um striking with your whole body you know yeah elbows knees you know it's yeah. all gonna be there Shin. wing chun is yeah, exactly yeah. wing chun is more of a, a close quarter you know mm-hmm. uh form of fighting and I don't know. I, I never mastered it, so I don't uh-huh. want to talk like I really don't want to talk like I'm this fucking you know guru of martial arts. Right? <laughs> right. By no means, like I can get try ice. him. I can get I can get fucked try up. Him. <laughs> don't try me, man. I'm a I'm a I'm a That's run. What he's saying. <laughs> try I'm him. Going to you were not gonna run. I'm about to trust you. Just talking about the confidence, brother. You know what I'm saying? I was about to be like, yo, uh, so uh, I got a couple boys. Uh. Yeah, I got a couple boys who's about to fight yeah. right now. Yeah, I am not that guy. Um, but what I, I, I have a love for it though, and yeah. it taught me principles. Yeah, it taught me the principles of confidence and. Um, I can. Wing Chun is the art of simplicity, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning, in karate, you're gonna do, you're gonna block and then punch, mm-hmm. right? In Wing Chun, you do them both simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So I know that I can, I know that there's always a better, more efficient way to write a script, mm-hmm. to sell a show, to write a joke, to do stand up. There's always a, a more efficient way than the hard way. Not to say that the hard way should be alleviated, 
Right. We should have that structure and that we should know what that foundation is. But they say you always got to know the rules in order to break. break yeah. 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 Because so, what I, oh, sorry, what you no, go ahead. Well, why touching on that? I, I love the like, I'm not a master at all in Muay Thai. I'm about to get back into it and, mm-hmm. and get whooped again. But I'm looking forward to it because it's a very it's 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 tough. But I've learned even in my relationships, like how to handle energy better. Because energy that's given to me, or even that's around me, because with Muay Thai, uh, it, it's it's funny because you know sometimes I can have a short fuse, mm-hmm. um, but being able to funnel that 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 aggression, that anger through focus, uh, has helped me even with in the industry. Like oh, instead yeah. of letting stuff piss me off, I'm like, okay, I'll use this to actually focus it into what I need to do, my tasks. Mm-hmm. But also like sparring with different people, like different sizes, different attitudes. Like I remember this girl, she was like a legit, like she had a fight the following week. And it was like, I think her ninth fight. And she was like a, a champ of sorts. And me sparring with her and, and just just seeing the glimpse of her, of her, not even attitude, but her personality showed me how I deal with like alpha females and how I deal with being told what to do in general. Mm. It showed me that I had a, a, a kind of like a, a, a faulty sense of patience where in reality I needed to work on my patience. Yeah. Also like obedience. You have a defiant personality. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rebel. Too. I'm yeah. rebellious. <laughs> so it, it's I, I like I always even though I'm not a master in it, I've always had like a respect for martial arts, for Muay Thai, for boxing, for anything like that, because everyone thinks, oh, it's because you want to fight. It's because you want to you want to be this big. No, it's uh, it's 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 filled with principles. Yes, and it sorry. translates to everything. It's kind of like a calming thing. Like you would fitness. Like when you when you work out, like that's like your yoga in a sense. Yeah, it is my yoga. So it's like it's like, yeah, like I like to I, I always respect these things outside of my, what I'm doing, outside of acting, outside of comedy, because it kind of refines it in a sense. Yeah. At least that's how I feel. What were you going to sure. say, bro? No, I was just going to go back to this. Uh, I was just going to ask you, how, how, how long did you stay in Germany? Uh, Nine years total. So what was that like uh, growing up? Uh, yeah, growing up in Germany. Was, I mean, we loved it over there, my family. Yeah. We loved it. We didn't want to come back to, to Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, it's a bit of culture shock at first uh, because of the language barriers. But once you get into it, a lot of Germans speak English and then you kind of pick up the lingo yeah. also. But it was, it was honestly, it was a beautiful place. Like mm-hmm. it was... You get to see stuff over there that you only read about in in the books, the yeah. history books over here. You know what I mean? So it was great. It was they, all my formative years were there. So get being able to travel and again see some of those beautiful hillsides and mountains and snow caps and it was it's a really dope place. Like I wouldn't even mind going back and buying something over there and yeah. eventually and having a place. How much is the property over there? I have no idea. I mean, yeah. you haven't been back I since. Yeah, I, I was a kid when I was there, and then um, a teenager eventually. But do you feel like yeah. that still affects you now? Because one thing that I've always liked about you is like you appreciate the new wave, but you also call out bullshit. Like you like that good balance of like, all right, I like that, but I'm not fucking with that. So like, how have you been able to? You know, not be that old head that's like, oh, just hating on that's everything angry all the time. <laughs> but, but also not letting everybody just come through with whatever. Yeah, I, I think I got to go back to dance. Dance enables me to initially see uh, a dance like you know, the nay nay or whatever yeah. or whatever them little the, the little trap dancers yeah. are that niggas yeah. is doing. 
when I first see it, I'm like, what is this bullshit they doing? <laughs> Until I start doing it and it feels good. And, yeah. then, and when the beat comes on, I could rock with it mm-hmm. and be rocking with these little teenagers and these 20-year-olds, right? Yeah. So it puts perspective in my head to say, all right, maybe what they're doing is the same thing I was doing when when, when I was a kid. Mm. I talk about this on stage, actually, like how, you know, not to judge these young, because they're just doing what they know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't know the wealth of knowledge that I have about hip hop and dance and all. They don't give a fuck about that because they are who they are. They yeah. are the age they are, and they can only know what the fuck they know. Yeah. yeah. The same way I said earlier, like I didn't know shit about James Brown. Yeah. And when I got older, after hearing my parents and everybody talk about them, to talk about him to the point where I was like, let me listen to really listen to James Brown. This motherfucker is the greatest, like yeah. musically. Some of the funkiest jams now when that nigga come on, I'm like I can't, I can't not b boy, I can't not top yeah. rock to James Brown. But I, I, it's the same thing with, you know, people talk shit about people that get famous off the internet or off Instagram and Instagram comedians and this kind of shit, right? It's new way. So though. What, what what happens is this: I found a way to to say, all right, some of it is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all niggas ain't funny, but there are some niggas who are. And all they're doing is the same thing that hip hop did in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Because there were musicians that was looking at niggas spinning records and talking over the records that they were in the studio doing the instrumentation to. Mm-hmm. And they were mad about that shit. They're like, man, they're just taking our records and talking over them. Yeah. That's bullshit. That is never going to last. That's not art. It's bullshit. It's fucked up. And they was mad as fuck, right? Yeah. But hip hop has created billionaires. Yes, soul music never did that. R and B music never created any, any billionaires. Well, hip hop created billionaires. It's the hottest, the genre, number one genre. So yeah, motherfuckers yeah. that's on their phone doing comedy sketches and shit. I'm not gonna lie. When I first saw it, I was like, "That's that bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's just not funny." Right. Mm-hmm. But these niggas is creating industries off of it. Yes, and they're really creating some real revenues off of it. So you have to say. Let me get involved with that. Let yeah. me do it. And now it feels good. Just like the dance move. Yeah. yeah. Now it, it feels good because I got I could do my thing, but in this platform that they created. And I'm not gonna sit back and rest on my laurels like we talked earlier and be like, Well, I did sixty million views on YouTube, so I should they should respect me. Yeah. No, they don't don't nobody give a fuck about that. Right. It's like the reverse. It's like these kids who didn't take the time to learn James Brown, didn't take time to learn Sugar Pop, who taught Michael Jackson blase blase. It's just on us, though. Like, I, I urge any actor or anyone in the entertainment business to learn about the algorithms of social media. Of course. Because yeah. that's here now. That it's, is it's now. Here it's now. here because, because that's that, the future. Like, we have, we have futuristic tools. We have Pandora's box. We have, we have different ways of functioning now. And if we're just like, oh, well, no, I don't want to learn that. I'm just, and no this the religion, of course, uh, or spirituality. But I just got my Bible, and I got my phone book. And I got my my little uh, rotary dial uh, telephone, and I'm good. You're gonna get left in the past. Yeah. Yeah, but also, I mean, you, you gotta you gotta understand that this is this is a new age. It's this, a new this age. This is like a different platform. M- most of these people who are doing that, whoever comedians or whatever, like singers or whatever, they're going on on YouTube or they're doing the, the Instagram thing. Is like most of them never really had yeah. a way to go out somewhere and do something. Exactly. So this is their only way of like introducing themselves no, no. to the world. Look For at sure. Howard Davis, and you you was actually rocking with Howard Davis not too. Yeah. he's a humble guy and he's and like he's hilarious he's in my opinion he's yeah. one, one of the one of the him, kings him of and are like the two funniest people to me but one, look yeah. batch batch been, batch as far as 
the actual like phone gen- from Vine to Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Batch is the king of that shit. Yeah. I was chopping over them yesterday. The numbers don't lie. On yeah. That. He's the king of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but because he's the king of it, he didn't like rest on his shit. He's still actively doing shit now. He's co-owner of Zeus, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the platform, yeah. movies, um, TV shows soon. Right. I've seen them in these rooms, man. But the um, what was the point? I forgot what the fuck I was about to say. Um, social media. We were talking about social media. So how important it is. Platform. So so yeah. With, with that. He didn't rest on his shit. Back to that same uh, right. theme. He didn't rest on his laurels. Yeah. He's still putting shit out. Yeah. So you have people like Michael Blackson who've been in the game for a minute. Yeah, long time. But he's still utilizing social media. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm still utilizing social media. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. Like, I have a phone. I can just hold my phone and do a fucking voice. And niggas gonna be like, yo, yeah. me putting out the Chris Brown battle with the Michael Jackson shit, yeah. I knew what that was gonna do. Yeah. That shit is at half a million views probably more by now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So although I'm old school in my in my craft and in my studies, I'm new school in being flexible enough mm-hmm. to to do the newer shit too. That's what it's about. I can adapt. Yeah. You know because it's it's like some people forget that because if you think about it, you like you said, being old school in your ways, new school and adapting. Some people are old school in their ways, mm-hmm. but like don't want to adapt anything. But right. for you, but everything that you are like preaching about, it's like you learned about that stuff. Why can't you continue to learn? Exactly. Some people right. just put up a wall for themselves. Now that's yeah. just, that, it. That's just ignorance, though. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like you know, times do change. Right. Yeah. Times will always change, and things will always evolve. And so do people, and so do mentalities, so do people's ways of thinking. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's like you have to be able, yes, if you do have, if you do have that knowledge that you have in the past, which is amazing, and if you can be able to utilize that same knowledge and adapting to the future, even makes you even more brilliant. Yeah. Well, because here's like, where here's here's where it gets tricky though. If you can survive and and power through a paradigm shift, yeah, not just a time change. Because some of these are paradigm shifts. The internet was a paradigm shift back in 94, 95. Right. We didn't know what the fuck that shit was. I remember thinking, oh, I ain't never going to use that shit. What is the internet? I ain't going to, I don't even fuck with computers like that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm on the internet every fucking day, mm-hmm. all day. Yeah. Um, there are paradigm shifts. So what happens is some people, it's not a, it's not a norm. Like when something brand new, like Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> Electric cars, right? Yeah, like motherfuckers don't want to change. Like, ah, nah, that's all right, that's too much. Mm. I can't do that. (laughs) This is where I draw the line. All right, draw that line if you want to. When the rest of the fucking world is doing this shit, and they will, that's what that so that's the line of demarcation. Can Mm. you survive Mm. a paradigm shift? So, again, like we talking about Instagram and Vine, that was a paradigm shift, yeah. Um. Fucking Napster with the record industry. Oh, yeah. The record yeah, industries yeah. could not survive that shit. Yeah. yeah. And they still struggling to, to look relevant, but they really not. Yeah. Right. That you got independent, independent artists yeah. out here like yeah. Russ yeah. and, you know what Chance? I mean? Chance. Chance. Yeah. Chance independent. Who's winning yeah. and don't need a fucking label. Chance is independent-ish because the Apple music thing. But, I mean, yeah. But that's, yeah. But even still, before yeah. that, he was. He was still, you know, he, he was, yeah, yeah. He made his tape. wave independent. Yeah. So one thing I want to ask all you guys, because we talked about, you know, what we feel is dope and what we feel is bullshit. So for each part, so for, you know, what we feel is good and what we feel is bullshit, what's something that's, if anything, that's consistent 
throughout all of that? Like, what's something every time you see something that is bullshit that, like, it's a trait, like, every single time that you see something? What do you mean? What? Like, so anytime you call something bullshit, like, you you know how you said, like, you appreciate some stuff, but some stuff you call is bullshit. Mm-hmm. What's something that's consistent amongst all the bullshit that you see? Um, a lack of talent. I don't care if it's rap, dance, or or comedy, acting. When a motherfucker don't have it, they just don't have it. Yeah. Either that's just, that. You that. Don't. Yeah. It don't, I don't give a fuck what platform you're on. If a motherfucker don't have it, they just don't have it. So that's when I'll say something's bullshit. You know what I mean? Like certain rap songs I hear now, I'm like, all right, this nigga is... Is garbage. I don't He's not fuck. even on beat. Bro. I don't give a fuck how many records this nigga sells. I don't care. If, I don't care how many awards they throw at this nigga. This nigga is fucking horrible. Yeah. And I will never respect this nigga. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I have that yeah. that button. Mm-hmm. But there's some that when they song come on, I'd be like, hey. Mm. hey. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like a lot of people like they hide uh, some complexities, especially musically exactly. in simplicity. Yeah. And two, you can pick up two on two chains it. is yeah. a perfect example. Two mm-hmm. chains is okay. And I wish a nigga would like the kitchen cabinet. <laughs> Yo, two chains is one of the epitomes of someone who evolves with the times. Yeah, because he was titty boy, titty boy, titty boy. yeah, and play a circle. Like, look at everything. Like, went from titty boy behind DTP with Luda mm-hmm. to player circle. <laughs> Uh, to uh, two chains, mm-hmm. and now he's like two chains a rapper. Yeah. Now two chains the the host, yeah. Vice Land. Uh, uh, he, he, even his raps. Yeah. Like I remember when he first came out, is two chains. His raps was okay. I'm like, okay, it's Titty Boy, but his raps even evolved. Yeah, like he got he's nice. He's but he nice. the the whole like I said, the wish a nigga would like a kitchen cabinet. Like those yeah those silly lines, those little simplicities. Yeah. He has a funk with it. Exactly, yeah. it's a swag that he has with it that no one else has. And look, I I've done a parody of this nigga and, yeah. and I made fun of him, but <laughs> most of the time when I'm parodying somebody, it's because I respect them. I've right. listened yeah. to you enough to actually respect you, but I want to just kind of jab at you a little bit. You parody the greats, man. Mm-hmm. Wayne, Jigga. Jay, mm-hmm. Drake. Drake. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to you Chris do Kanye. Brown. I did Kanye. You did Kanye? Yeah? Yeah. I did a few Kanye feel, joints. You can feel it a lot in four hours. Man, man. I guess I did yeah, it you in didn't four go, hours. You didn't go far <laughs> enough. I should have gone 18 hours. That's why Avion was offended. He said only four? He's like, no, you need more time than that. You ain't go far enough in the archives. But Kanye! But even them, like, each one of them, even even so, they re- redefine themselves. Kanye went, for, you know, from Kanye backpack polos mm-hmm. to, you know, use this bad haircut to regular Rick haircut Ross again. Rick Ross was originally named Teflon, and yeah, he Teflon. was signed to Def Jam with uh, Eric Sermon. Mm-hmm. And he was rhyming totally different. And then he came out with, you know, this Rick Ross persona, and this, it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It works for him. And, and he changed his flow, but he still got pocket. He's right. in a yeah. pocket. Yeah. So... I say that to, to answer your question. You can't hide talent. Mm-hmm. Talent is going to emerge. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Talent is going to always fucking emerge. When the shit is horrible, it's just horrible. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, the proof is in the pudding. Like, if you take a, an influencer, right, and you put them in a movie, mm-hmm. and if they're bad, you never hear from them again. Yeah. It's a rat. At least in the the acting world. You might they might still be popping somewhat on it, but it's but it, so you saying they just die completely. It's, it's gonna be over. Okay, it's gonna be over because what they do online online has a shelf life. Online, yeah, like yeah. you can, I can name a lot yeah, of motherfuckers yeah. that was popping <laughs> online, yeah. starting from the YouTube days yeah. to Vine days, Instagram. Twitter. It's a lot of motherfuckers that had Twitter. 
it's a lot of motherfuckers that was around that was influencers that was a hot hot influencer and they're not around no more yeah yeah, yeah not that you you are at all yeah, not even why is that because it just, on the big it just wasn't for you yeah. no they, they didn't have lack didn't, of talent they didn't have yeah. the enough yeah. gas in their tank yeah. enough yeah. talent of uh, gas talent in their yeah. tank yeah and you know what i, I heard um um what's his name uh Eddie Griffin said something about that at the Def Jam 20, uh, 25. He said, there were a lot of people who were yeah. with us in, in, in here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if you look around, they ain't here no more. I was more. there. Mm-hmm. I'm a part of that. Yeah, I'm a yeah, part of yeah. that whole yeah. thing. Yeah. So I was sitting in that crowd as one of the youngest, but I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was there, dog. And so when he said that, I was like, and kudos to him. Yeah. Kudos to Bill Bellamy. Kudos to Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, yeah. Steve Harvey, um, DL, Earthquake, yeah. DL Hughley. Kudos. These motherfuckers are our king. Bruce, Bruce. Bruce, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce. Like niggas that are still here and yeah. still doing it. Yeah. Um, Monique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sh- Sh- Cheryl Underwood. Yeah. yeah. Um, like. Just a fucking lady. It's, it's. It's something to be said. Talent always emerges. Talent always finds a way to stay around. Mike Epps. Right. Yeah. Talent always finds a way to stick around and be relevant. Mm-hmm. 20, 30 years. That's what I'm saying about Marlon Wayans. Yeah. The nigga is genius. He's talented. Yeah. So he can be here for 20, 30, 40 fucking years. Yeah. yeah and still you know be relevant. I mean? And Look still be relevant. Yeah. Will fucking Smith. Like, one of the greatest. Yeah. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Nas. Snoop. Snoop. Yeah. Nas. Like, yeah. keep... Yeah. We can go on and yeah, on, yeah. but that's the that's that's to answer your question. Mm-hmm. I can name a lot of rappers that ain't here no more. Yeah, no, they one had hit. one song. Yeah. That's it, and it was it was hot at the time that it came out. Shout and out to Jaquan. Yeah. Oh, come oh, on, you man. Come for my city no, like I just say shout out. He had oh, two, he come, man. I said, he, he I said shout out. Hood hop. All hood hop was, I still, I all I still said was shout out to him. I didn't say he's bad. I didn't say nobody name. I said shout out. He said it. See, as a St. Louis native, I'm offended. Yeah. Jaquan was hot. Well, that's a you minute. issue, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you say that? So, then on the other side of the spectrum, is the is that the same answer for something you see consistently among people who that you do like and that you do appreciate? Is you know great talent? Is that what's consistent amongst all of them? Yeah, great talent and hard work. Hard work, mm-hmm. putting in the putting the work. Because I mean, there's some talented people that got stuck or lost their way or rested on their laurels mm-hmm. that didn't keep producing. Um, you gotta always just keep working, man. You gotta always figure it out. Yeah. Um, Move with the times. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Will's doing. That's what you know. And yeah. I, f- I feel Will being on IG is a perfect example yeah. of what we're talking about. Yeah. Will, yeah. Will doing yeah. the in my feelings challenge. I mean, that's exactly. like exactly that's, that's like him adapting. Yeah. And he even did a whole video that explained why he got on IG. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He was like, because I thought there was you know a mystique that had to be with an actor, but, but then that he, was real. Yeah, that used to be a thing. Yeah. yeah, and to some degree, it still is. It still yeah. is. Yeah, but he understood that he can't fully be on mystique mm-hmm. mode yeah. anymore. Right. Yeah, he right. and he got involved, and you see what he's doing. Right. And, and and it's like, <laughs> I I I I wonder like what would a bitter Will Smith look like, like it, it, what if because Will Smith really isn't old, yeah. right? He would age himself. Would, yeah, Bitterness age. ages motherfuckers. Yes, fast. Because right it's, now, because it's a it's another layer of stress, unnecessary stress. Yeah, but yeah. it's still stress nonetheless. But it's yeah, self, it's self inflicted stress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause he's still like youth, like he's a dad. He's Father Will Smith now, yeah. but he's still like youthful. Like he still, still appeals look. to everyone. He's still the Fresh Prince. Yeah, yeah. Still. that's still like Sensei. Like yeah, Sensei might 
walk with a cane, but when it's go time, like Since he's still gonna hold in your goddamn exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, just like um, what's the uh, what's the Ninja Turtles master name? Uh, uh, master Splinter. Yeah. yeah, is it Master Splinter? Yeah, yeah, it's Master Splinter. So it's like, granted, he old and you know, but when shit, you know, when shit hit the fan, <laughs> it was it was it was is go time. Yeah, mm. he's like Yoda. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned Michael Blackson earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, I know you you roasted that dude's coat on uh, Hollywood Hip Hop Squares. Oh, yeah. Hip Hop Squares. <laughs> How was that experience being around all those like like Ti and? I mean, it's and, cool, man. Yeah. That's that's one of those dream jobs. Like it's very it's very easy. It's very, you know, there's a lot of camaraderie, but a lot of respect in the room. Yeah, because it's different people at different levels. But like you can have a DC Young Fly getting props from Ice Cube. Or yeah. me getting props from Ice Cube or yeah. T.I., you know, saying what's up to Charlemagne or, you know what I mean? Like, it's always sidebar conversations. Yeah. Me and D-Ray having our, you know, our brotherhood conversation, yeah. knowing that we came from Wild and Out, but he's doing his thing, I'm doing my thing. Um, it's just dope. It's dope to have all those people in the room and there'd be no pressure. Like, th- that's a no pressure job. Yeah. We don't have to be funny. Those who are funny, we're going to be funny. Yeah. Those who are the singers or whatever, they just, you know, answer the questions, but it's a kick it job. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Man, like, um, so <laughs> how did you adapt uh, moving to Los Angeles? Uh, nigga, there was no adaptation. I just moved. I, was, yeah. <laughs> I, had to, I drove from North Carolina because I yeah. was like, I, I, there's nothing left for me to do here. Um, I, I want to go where the land of opportunity is, and, and it's just one of those things you got to do. Yeah. And I was excited about it. Like, a lot of people move here and get jaded and be like, ah, I hate L.A., Mm-hmm. Fuck that! I love LA. Yeah. I've been mm-hmm. here twenty years now. Yeah. So, yeah, I drove. I didn't look back. There was no other option. There was no plan B. LA was gonna be the gold medal. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. go somewhere else and yeah. settle for a bronze? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So LA is the gold medal city for what we do mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. acting and entertainment. So that's where I'm going. And that's, you know, once I got here, yeah, there's some bumps and bruises and there's bullshit people that you're gonna meet. But ultimately, you attract what you are. So I've met some of the dopest people in L.A. Uh, and they're family now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. literally, their kids call me Uncle Atheon or whatever. Yeah. So, um, You're like a big homie to me. I, I ain't going to uncle you. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't, you. Just yeah. big homie me, man. Yo, we got yeah. Uncle Atheon on the show today. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple grades coming in, yeah. but I'm still young. Yeah. <laughs> I'll still kick over somebody's head. Well, that, that leads me to my next and final question, unless it goes somewhere else. Uh, I'll ask it this time. Uh if you had any advice to give to anyone who's trying to follow in your, your shoes, whether it's entertainment, dancing, acting, rapping, yeah. uh, anything in there, what would you give to them, to that person who either wants to be put on or wants to know how to get started? What's like the main thing? Do the research and study the craft. Mm. Because what all of these kids have now that we didn't have is information. Yeah. Right the fuck here. They can you can YouTube any answer you want. You can Google, you can we didn't have none of that shit. Yeah. We had to go figure it out and yeah. bust our head up against the wall to figure it out and, and get turned down and get told no and try to get this person's number and you know, we had to hustle. Yeah. Study the craft so you can hone your talent and from there just take the steps. If it's rapping, then you gotta figure out what those steps are to to do that. But I think without studying the craft you you are shortchanging yourself there's no there's no quick way to to do it and you have to know the rules in order to break the rules yeah so there again 
going back to what I said earlier, like I figured out a way to effectively shorten certain processes, but it's only because I know what the the foundation is. Yeah. You can't shortcut something and and sustain if that makes any sense. You gotta know yeah. how to block and punch first before you can well, I think you gotta learn how to punch, and then you gotta learn how to block. You gotta, and then you yeah. Learn how to block and punch. Like you gotta know how to, yeah. You gotta know how to do both. Yeah. Meaning, you gotta knock your hand up against enough wood and metal and other people's arms and shit to make sure that your bones are strong enough to even mm. to do it. Like, yeah. I, I, I work on a wooden dummy every day, so this wood, this it don't do shit to me. Like, I can, I can hit wood, I can hit the walls, I can do all that. Right. I'm good. So that's the foundation. Yeah. I can fortify. I know that I can punch without hurting my wrist. Yeah. So having the foundation in the punch, knowing how to punch, like you said, yeah. knowing how to block and getting that down after like uh, years or whatever, and now putting all that together with moves and combinations and all that shit, um, the more you have as a wealth of knowledge and talent, the better off you're going to be with going forward. So now if I'm in a fight, I can just hit a motherfucker with one hand and know that I don't need both my hands to be up to be safe. Yeah. I can hit him with one hand and use my feet to get away. Right. That's the Mayweather way. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Very I can easy. I can use footwork, I can use whatever. I can use other techniques to still hit him and, and get out of the way of his punch. Mm -hmm. I broke the rules. Right. But I know what the rules were to break. And you have to see what you were able to with with you know, you go gotta through. know what you're able Kinda to do. Kind of like a stand withstand. up. Like, because yeah. some people, they want the glory, but they don't want to know what it feels like to feel or if they're able to, like, take it. That boo yeah. or that quiet yeah. crowd yeah. when you up there dying, you got to know huh? what that is. That's yeah. a lot of lessons, huh? Yeah. yeah. It, it's the last story I'll share with y'all. Oh, no, it's two, actually. Yeah. Steve Harvey. Mm -hmm. I opened for Steve Harvey um, early. This is after Showtime at the Apollo. He didn't remember me, of course, but I was like, yeah, I was on M tonight, whatever. He was like, yeah, And yeah, I was that yeah. kid. He was like, yeah, yeah, whatever the fuck. <laughs> So this was a, a club that I was doing in South Carolina. I was there all week opening for this a white headliner, right? Mm. I'm murdering all week, just killing. By the time Steve Harvey come in, it's his crowd. It's the black side of town. They all in the audience. Mm. All my little killing jokes was bullshit to this audience. <laughs> they came to see Steve. I'm up there doing corny ass little impressions and characters and they ain't want to see none of that shit. They just mm. want Steve. They just want Steve. <laughs> and I wasn't funny. Yeah. Let me just be real. I just was not funny. I wasn't ready at the time, right? Mm. So last, the last show, last show, I started out, did horrible, right? Brought Steve on, and then he's killing. And then he gets off stage. The The, the manager comes to me and says, we need you to do uh, 15 more minutes because we haven't finished collecting the bills. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do on this stage? So I get up there, and I'm just kind of like trying to freestyle, but it's everything's dying, right? Mm -hmm. To the point where Steve Harvey, I hear this nigga voice. He's like, hey, Fionn. Mm. He come through the curtain, and he's like, he just taps me and like just tells me, go, go sit down. Go in the back. Oh, wow. And he says, yeah, they told me to come on out here and talk to y'all because Y'all wondering why he on stage talking. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to just answer some questions. Anything y'all want to ask me? And this is when he first had his like, first TV show, a uh, sitcom. Oh, and he was, he was bubbling at this yeah. time, right? Yeah. So after all that, he comes backstage. And he's tired. 
Now, mind you, he didn't have to come out on stage. He could have just let me die. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's the headliner. He ain't got to come back on stage. Yeah. He sits me down. He's like, he said, look, man, you got all the tools. You can make millions at this game. He said, you just got to dial in. You got to do the work. Do the work. You got to be in L.A. You can make millions at this shit. And he started giving me game. But he also made it known. He said, I don't got to do this shit. I don't have to sit down with you. I don't have to sit down and give you this game and tell you that I'm a busy motherfucker. Yeah. He said, but if you do the work and you follow what you what you desire to do, he said, you got all the tools. You just got to do the work. So he saw the raw talent, but I wasn't funny. Mm. Not that not that weekend. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't give a fuck if I was killing before. If I wasn't consistently funny, that means there was more work to be done. Yeah. So I took that as, I right, if this man... Even when I was dying, even when he was, he didn't know me from Adam. He still sat down with me and gave me some game. That's why I try to reach back out to to, to young right. homies at any point, um, whenever you know the the question is asked. Wow! So that's amazing. So, to, man, to that's have great, that. man. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's really yeah. Good. We don't know. What I was saying. I'm saying the same thing. We don't usually. That's that's rare to have yeah. someone like that, even at the beginning of his ascension, yeah. to still sit down and. Not have that ego to just talk to you and it's, give it's, you that it's, good it's, example. It's a, it's, it's a no, he still thing, had man. ego. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. he was like, "Look, I'm a busy motherfucker. Yeah, I ain't got to talk to you." And but he had still, every right to have it. Yeah, but he still sat me down. But he still he could have been saw an, some value and was like, "All right, this nigga." I don't know what made him sit me down, right? Because I was not funny. Yeah, I was bullshit. I was on that stage dying. Yeah, and the nigga he still sat me down. So every time I see him now, I remind him of that. And I'm like, man, you changed you changed the trajectory. Yeah. You gave me another battery in my back and helped me really go after this thing. So thank but you. But I think because of that, you also now understand that you, you have a power. You can do that. You can have that kind of effect to somebody else. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because some that somebody who was obviously somebody mm-hmm. just took his whether it was five minutes ten minutes or whatnot just be like yo yaddy 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 and sometimes that's all young bucks like us that's all we need you know yeah. what i'm saying because because sometimes we we hit we hit a brick sometimes we hit a wall we don't even know where to go you know yeah. what i'm saying and mm-hmm. and sometimes like uh, i know for me I, i'm from a background where it's like it's hard for me to ask for somebody to do some shit for me you know what i'm saying just mm-hmm. just like humble myself be like hey yo Help a nigga out. Like, mm-hmm. I have these questions. Help, 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 help. And I think it's awesome to have somebody who's been like you. You've been in the game for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Who we can be like, yo, this is what I'm running into. Mm-hmm. What kind of stuff can you say? Because mm-hmm. you never know what kind of impact that will have on us. Because if that has an impact of us, then that, we're going to have an impact with somebody else that's Pay coming up behind us. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because, and I think that's what you have to do. It's like once you get blessed, you have to be able to be a blesser to somebody else. Yeah, right? exactly. Yep. Bring the ladder down. So everyone can meet you up. There. Exactly, and yeah, that's right. how we all win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, have another, you said you had another story too. I did, but it was to the point. One of y'all had said something. I forgot what the fuck it was. <laughs> so one of y'all said something that reminded me of something else. I was going to tell you. Probably about advice or something. No, it was something uh, else. It was one of your closing statements. But don't worry about it. The, the Steve yeah. Harvey story was enough to yeah. put. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. To and it went back to what you said earlier when I sat you down or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, his was way more intimidating. Yeah, yeah, I, was, I didn't feel. But for me, I thought that was, you know, that was dope. And like I said, I've had shows. That conversation I said about who, you know, when he talked to me about the, you know, the mopping the floors and stuff, that was post you. So going into it, I always mm-hmm. thought like 
especially specifically black comedians, they always going to have game for me after the show. And I quickly realized, like, that's not the case. Oh, yeah. You were an anomaly. You. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you were definitely an anomaly. And, I, and I, I'm always, I'm still appreciative of that because, you know, you've, you've amongst maybe one or two other comedians, in, amongst a couple comedians that I've had, uh, dropped that game. And to me, like, that's dope, you know. I'm very appreciative for man. that. Woo! Thank you for being you. an anomaly. Thank you for being like a Come big on, homie man. and being mm-hmm. available, brother. Of course. But man. also like real. Yeah. Yeah, brother. So this is the Leaders of My Everyday Podcast. Hey. Thanks for tuning in to our conversation. I'm RJ Walker on Instagram. I am RJ Walker. That's I A M R J Walker. Find me there. Uh, if you hit me up on Facebook, I might not respond because I don't be on Facebook like that. But holler at me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's your boy, Victor Camwendo. You can find me on Instagram, Zulu underscore warrior. Z-U-L-U underscore warrior. You know, that's that African shit, so holla at me. Very clear, but what he's about. <laughs> <laughs> no mistakes. Zulu. Uh, Ice McGowan, you can find me on Instagram at T-H-E-I-Y-E-X-A-M. That's me. Yeah, and people are going to want to know what you're up oh, to. at Atheon Crockett. Log on. Uh, add me. Like me. Do all that shit. A-F-F-I-O-N. C-R-O-C-K-E-T-T, and that's across the, the board. Yeah, and we can't forget Never man, forget. Cameron Hill. Hey. Stickman Studios, S-T-I-K-M-A-N Studios, S-T-U-D-I-O-S. Follow him on Instagram. That's the man. He's the cameraman, engineer, hard worker behind the camera. You don't see him, but you probably see him in the picture smiling extra hard. Like a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Hit him up if you need a, a hard worker in your production for your production needs. Um, and but, pay that man. Yeah, yeah. pay that man. Well, so he can keep up these beautiful haircuts he has. This haircut game is <laughs> yo. I know insane. you don't even use gel, huh? Yeah, your hair is like it's like it looks like wind, brother. It's like blowing backwards. <laughs> and shouts to my man Delmar Washington, man. He's a director extraordinaire. We just did a film, a short film that he wrote. Um, but we are talking about doing my first stand-up special. Ooh, so. It's my man, Delmar Washington. If you want to hire him for some production, yeah. for some di- directing your, your TV shows and your award shows and your films, holla at Delmar Washington. What's his IG? Your IG? No, nah, he don't even use that shit. He, he don't even he use don't IG. That. So He old yeah. artsy motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. He an old head. He got a beard. He got some glasses. If you find he, him, you he, find he, him. You know, he mad at you new niggas. <laughs> You see that? You see that glasses beard combination? That's straight game. That's yeah, all, that's, that's all game right there. I can't even grow a beard like that, bro. So don't even talk to me. <laughs> but now, real quick, uh, Delmar uh, he produced and directed some of uh, the the Chappelle specials mm. that was on Netflix uh, this year. Oh, yes. yeah, so yeah. He did the, the Belly yeah. Room. Him and uh, with Stan Lathan. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Stan is the big homie, and Stan Lathan is also the director of Beach Street. Oh, mm. oh, yeah, really? Yeah, that's why I love Stan Lathan. Like, he directed Def Comedy Jam also. Okay. Like, he's going on to do a, a shitload of great things. But every time I see Stan Lathan, I'm like, yo, B Street changed my fucking life. Boom. Yeah. Man, you're in the company of real good creatives and real, real shit. It always comes back to dancing, yeah, RJ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yo, thanks for tuning in. It's Leaders of Made Everyday Podcast. Yeah. We out. Lame. Peace. Dunzo, dunzo.